Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. you in an all concrete basement play that song over and over and over can you imagine how scary that would be no it's not very scary at all this is why you're not in charge of haunted houses (laughs) the ultimate outdoor drama experience is tecumseh i would come up here every single summer and man first stop tecumseh the consistency in the story is tremendous i always thought he was going to win eventually but (laughs) (laughs) each man had to choose two girls who would keep them company the entire trip what if you choose this, the hottest girl and then you start talking to her and she laughs like the nanny? <laughs> then I make sure I don't say anything funny. <laughs> Hello! On Facebook, they see their profile and they send them a message and they send them a wiener in there. That's not really them. That's stock wiener. No, and then they you don't, speak You don't all... bomb real wiener. Yeah, they do. There's predators. You don't think down. predators are sending out dongs left and right? Nope. Stock okay. dong. That is not stock dong. These are real dongs. <laughs> I guess everything they've had at the space station before has been solely geared toward men. You I already know. looked it up. You still get your period in space. Yeah. I looked it up. Well, okay. are you going to move to space? No, but I just wanted to know. <laughs> I'll follow you. Okay. <laughs> you are stab man. Like, what happened? Ricky watched those shows. CSI, ABC, Scooby-Doo. Oh, all that stuff. <laughs> oh you get what I'm saying? No. Your rock station, your morning show. Here's a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. Loper and Randy in the morning. People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. On the blitz. Whoever that little guy is, he freaks me out. It's Loper and Randy in the morning. (laughs) I am uh, very excited to be here today. There were a lot of places I was going to be, but uh, right here with you guys is the only place I really want to be, okay? Uh, last night, went out to the Hella Mega Tour. And? Very cool. Was it Hella and Mega? It was Hella and Mega, and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. Yeah, we. Uh, I went out last night, and uh, I, <laughs> I didn't go with anybody that I planned to go with. Oh, really? Yeah, I went with my buddy Yacht Rock Rob. So, uh, yeah, we had a... We had a Definitely an interesting time. Did he think it was Metallica? <laughs> he did not think it was Metallica. Yeah, he's well versed on who it was. Thank God, because we had a playlist in the car, and I was, you know, explaining. He, he knew a lot of the songs, so that was. Uh... I feel like you guys have taught each other a lot about your individual uh, genres of music that you are experts in. Yeah, he... like you got to hear Year of the Cat for the first time, and 
ever. Yeah. And he is getting to experience all these cool rock shows. So yeah, I can't uh, I can't wait to tell you some funny stuff that happened at the show. I mean, I, I want to wait till a little bit later in the show, but it was great. The bands were fantastic. Uh, we somehow ended up in one of the boxes. Hey. And yeah, it was really fun. Had some great company in there. Well, I'll tell you guys about later. Oh, can't wait. But uh, yeah, it was uh, some people that you might not expect. I got down with and it was pleasantly amazing. Let's just say that. Okay. We, we had a really good time. Really, I had a really good time. All right. I had a really good time. <laughs> Did wrong. Well, you know, a lot of people say we, like, you know, yeah. they're, they're multiple people. I'm, well, yeah. I'm just, I want people to know that I genuinely had a good time. And it was one of the best times I've ever seen Green Day. But oh, yeah, nice. I, like That's I said, great. I want to look back upon the show a little bit and it'll be a whole thing and place and time and you guys will. Be very glad you waited. All right, so we do have some announcements on refunds. If you are going to any AEG show, we'll get into that on the show today. Uh, basically, between now and uh, the 26th of August, you can go back and get a refund for any of the shows that are happening between now and October 1st. Sep- yeah, September 30th. Yeah. yeah. So if you uh, want to get your money back, you should do it before the 26th of this yeah. month, basically. So, you know, you don't want to take the rapid COVID test. You don't have to deal with any of the policies that have come out. You're like, I'm outraged. <laughs> How about they weren't checking COVID tests last night? Really? Oh, I think it's I up to ready. the venue, isn't it? Or I, is it not? Uh, well, I, we thought, were, I mean, I was under the impression that whoever I, wasn't that a was that a Live Nation show last night? Or I don't know, but I if I remember correctly, there was one of the big ones that was putting on shows. They weren't. It was going to start with their August 29th show here of Kesha. That was going to be the first one it started with. This one might not have Good been idea. because it was outside. Maybe yeah. that's why. But I also think Green Day did require uh, Vax and um, or proof of negative test at their Oklahoma City show because that was what was going on in the city. I think people were expecting it because everyone right. was talking about how no one had to show anything I thought last certain, night at the venue. Certain venues were leaving it up to the bands. I'm just telling decide. you, last night at the venue, everyone was ready to show everyone cards. Everyone was ready to go. And nobody and <laughs> never <laughs> was checking the cards. All right. So I left my car. So at the last minute, I left bro bag and my card in the truck. And I took I took a picture of the card, but the whole oh, okay. but the whole time walking up, I'm like, man, here I am dancing with the devil. <laughs> it felt like every day in high school, like when I had most of my homework done. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh god, here we go. Let's see if <laughs> see if they notice. But you know, I'm walking up, and you look at the back of the COVID card. And that means dick. I mean, the back right. of the COVID card is nothing. Just so you know, you don't have to take. I took pictures of both just in case. What is on the back of the card? Because I for sure, the where I parked, I mean, far beyond where Jesus lost his sandal, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it was like mud wrestling time where I parked. It was insane. I don't want to get into all the story right now. But, yeah. yeah. I already got a text. Don't talk about all my Green Day stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're talking about all your Green Day stuff. <laughs> no, just teasing. Just teasing. We haven't heard any Glad real details. Up. I know. Uh, I, was I, am, like... uh, I, I am pleasantly surprised by... The amount of people that uh, came up to me last night and said hello. That uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, we had a great time. So uh, we'll get into it later in the show so Randy doesn't complain anymore. No, I wanted to go. I'm very jealous. Uh, I'm very jealous. And you could have. Very Sounds jealous. like. Yeah, you could have. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Who knew? I changed the ticket over for you and everything. You're so nice. Because I love you. Do over. Uh, 
<laughs> so, guys, let's start the show right now. We have two-day Bub, who is going to get online and get Wake and Bake trivia going. So he's the champ. You want to take him on? 821-9970. Loper and Randy, we're live next. It's Wake and Bake. Loper and Randy, going to start your day. It's time to Wake and Bake. Load up another hit, cause it's time to play Wake and Bake. Alright guys, time to play Wake and Bake Trivia, and let's go with our champion right now, Bub, for two days. Bub, how you doing? I'm good, how you guys doing? Fantastic. I feel good, Bub. Alright, Bub, you're playing Jordan today. Jordan, how are you? Good, how are you? Awesome, bro. You ready? Yep. Alright, let's go. Let's do this. Jordan, I like the cut of your jib, sir. You uh, you got a little something to you now, okay? Thank you. I'm feeling it. All right, we're going to start first with you, and here's your question. You know how it works. you got to get three of these correct to win. Okay. Who stars as Baby in the movie Dirty Dancing? Who was the first part? Who stars as Baby Baby. Uh, Jennifer Grey. Wow. Yay! Yeah. Big turn on in the 80s, right? I mean, like, what a great movie. Oh, yeah. Bub, your turn. Yes. What group did a song called Angel of Harlem about Billie Holiday? You too. Yay! My man Bub came to play today. I don't know if you know, he's a gamer. That was a tough question. <laughs> Jordan. What is the yeah. dog's name... In the Jetsons. On that cartoon, what's that dog's name? Uh, Leroy. Leroy is amazing, but not... We go to Bub for the steal. Two-day champion. No, I have have no clue. (laughs) Astro. Leroy is a son. His boy, yeah. Leroy. Yeah. No, Elroy. Elroy. Oh, Elroy. Elroy. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Dyslexic, you know, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I totally bought that. I want to call him Leroy for this from now on. Leroy. Leroy, yes. <laughs> Bub, here's your next question. You'll never go in the water again is the slogan for what movie? You'll never go in the water again. That's the slogan for what movie? Jaws. Yay! Boom. Big ones. Big jaws. Jordan. What? What was the singer of... I'm sorry. What was the first ACDC album to feature singer Brian Johnson? Uh, Highway to Hell. Not Highway to Hell. For the win, Bub in the steel. Back in black. Stays on top, guys. Wow, Amazing. Bob. Wow, good job, Bob. Whoa. Not bad. Good game. Great game, Jordan, man. You, you came to play. It didn't work out for you, but listen, I like your style, man. You walk away. Head is high. Very respectable. Thank you. All right, man. Hang on one second. So, going to get everybody updated on the whole Green Day thing after 7 o'clock this morning. I have uh, the, the stories I have are two and threefold, okay? 
All right. I'm excited. Depending on how long, when did I get, you know, it could be three parts, but <laughs> two for sure. Two for sure. It was uh, it was a beautiful show last night, though, man. I mean, it would have brought back all the memories of Sonic Temple and all those good times before the pandemic. You Looking out at the crowd last night, it was like, man, it, that was like one of the first times I really felt like, okay, you know, we're back. Was the seating like Sonic Temple? Was it all set up like that or no? Or was it, you know, like people were on the floor or the similar? You, girl, you, you ladies would have loved it more. Like yeah. it, it was just more like uh, it was just more Weezer and Green Day. It was just more like friendly. comfortable. Yeah, yeah it was more like a like a luau, you know, than, <laughs> than it was. Uh, you know, like rock on the rock on the range at Sonic Temple. It's like you got we came to handle some business. Yes, we we came to handle some very loud business. Okay, <laughs> and, and people are going to be dancing crazy and boots are flying. This was more like a flip flop might be flying uh-huh. or something. You know what I'm saying? Even the pit down front. You know, there's a lot of kids that come and you know Billy Joe had all of his kids on stage and it was fun, man. You know. Like it I said, doesn't seem like a real mosh heavy concert. No, but <laughs> it was very cool to see all of the a uh, lot of faces that we haven't seen in a while. So I like to see that. It's a, it always makes me smile. Like these days, like when you see some people that you know that come, they would come out to gigs or whatever. You know, I saw a guy that came up to every sirens thing I ever did uh, with the UFC, and I have not seen that guy since uh, what was the last sirens in February of 2020 or something yeah, like that. Probably. And I was like, you? I was like, what's up, bro? Like, it's just funny. Like, when you see somebody and you're kind of like, I I didn't forget you, but it's kind of like, you have not been in front of my face in a minute. What's up, man? Well, yesterday, the Loper kids met their teacher. They did a little walkthrough. And then they had to get ready last night. Oh, boy. Oh, you're such a saint. Oh, oh today was first day. Today yes. is, yeah. They're going to be <clears throat> getting up soon. I can't even talk. Yeah. I'm getting so emotional, guys. You, you were taken down last night. I know. It's kind of crazy. So we have a senior beginning yeah. this morning. We have yeah. a senior. Yes. Top of the class. Yeah. Like I we, I took him to lunch yesterday and I'm like, when you get up tomorrow, that's the last day you're ever going to get up for regular school again. Yeah. It's his last first day. Yeah. For last him. first day. Yeah. 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 He was like, really? Only one day, dad? He's like, great. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Senior year's a breeze. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we just, you know, we're talking and stuff like that. Cause I can remember so clearly uh, the first day he went to kindergarten. You know, it's weird. That crazy. Yeah. It feels like it was that yesterday, is. you know? All of the stuff that you don't know, and uh, I, I'm not sure that I learned anything over the last, you know, 12 to 13 years of school that he's been in. But you know, hopefully, uh, he has. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he has. Hopefully he has. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a mad rush to make sure that everything's just together for parents, right? You know, you feel like you just are able to put it together every day, and then when you look at your whole works creation here, you're like, man. I hope everything's going all right, touching, touching to make sure it's all solid. Like, oh, well, okay, all right, built this house and hopefully a lot of knowledge. <laughs> I was like, six times six. No, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little emotional. You know, you're proud. And, you know, we look forward to Kaylee being a junior, too. Right. And she's, yeah, she's going in to help the freshmen this morning. Yeah, she's the leader. Yeah. So she had to go into, what, what do they call it? I have no clue. Yeah, it's like where they go in and they're ambassadors upon uh, for the rest of the school. And yeah. so she welcomes, they'll clap in the new kids so they feel comfortable and stuff like that. Oh, Get nice. this, though. Mackenzie's yeah. teacher is a tennis player. <laughs> All right. I walk in and I saw on the door, I see a tennis racket. And I'm like, why is there a tennis racket and a ball on uh, the things describing the teacher? And then and then my friend walks in because her daughter's in the same class. And, of course, we're like, ah! 
that? And we hug. Mm-hmm. And then we go over to the teacher because she plays tennis. We're like, you play tennis? She's like, I do. And then we had this whole tennis situation. My friend's going to be the homeroom mom, like all kind of stuff. No, really? Yeah, which is fabulous. For oh, me. that's hilarious. Because then she can just tell me what I need to do. You got the end now. Oh, yeah. She was the same last year. She was, we we're in the same class. Not my friend and I, but our daughters. It's like we are, though. And she was a homeroom mom. <laughs> And so, thank God, because I'm like, I told everyone, don't count on me, just count on her. How do I become like the <laughs> home homeroom bro? Like, um, they like, don't have those. Every once in a while. What? Knox has a man teacher, though, and he's so excited. He's like, have I got a man teacher? Oh, yeah, we got to get in there. Like, I bet we bro down a little bit in there, too. Yeah, so, he's uh, cool. He feeling better? I think because he was a dude teacher. He was yeah. like, yeah, I'll go. Then okay. last night, he goes... Oh no! I think I want a girl teacher. I was like, you can, I was like, it oh doesn't matter. God. I go, you can't choose, and that's not a real issue. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, how does he think of like? Oh man, he's just thinking like of anything searching to for get things out of to be worried about. I, know. <laughs> I don't think I, I want a girl. I think I want a girl teacher. Yeah, so those are the big issues okay. at my house, you know. Okay, and we have some breakdowns. All right, let me just give you a little look at the weather. So uh, today, it's going to be a little cloudy, okay? In certain areas, definitely out east, it's going to rain, like a lot of scattered showers. If you're on the east side of Ohio, man, it's going to be really wet. Over by us, it's going to be isolated. And so much will be the case throughout the much of really the next week, but hot and muggy. And isolated showers, really the tail of the tape. Today, uh, we're going to get up to 82. So not so cold. But not as warm as yesterday. And damn, was it ever humid yesterday. Did you guys see Reynoldsburg? It was like underwater yesterday. They had four and a half inches of rain that fell really? so quickly. There were there was water up to almost the roofs of cars on wow. the streets in Reynoldsburg, front of City Whoa. Hall. It was completely flooded the out. Where was flood? it a couple I years ago where that happened and people were like hanging on to their front porches? Do you remember that? Not maybe not hanging on, but they were like stranded on their front porch. It was out east somewhere, and like, there were all, there was all that. Remember we just recently saw it again, and there was all of. Uh, this coverage and, and footage of people just stranded on their front porch and the water was surrounding them and the, I don't know if they were like lifting people out, out of their houses but it was here like in Columbus yeah I remember seeing on the north side there was a, a street where they had boats out um, and getting people yeah, like, it, out of the street I, I think that's what it was like the yeah. same time like was that last year last summer uh, would have been right something like that yeah it doesn't happen when it's like really cold that would be the worst. <laughs> yeah, flooding when it's cold is no good, no. right? All right, 821-9970, 800-821-9970. Nearly half of Americans, adults, have tried this. Okay. I'll tell you what this is coming right. up next. So right down the middle for all Americans, half of U.S. adults have tried marijuana, according to a new study. All right. 12% of U.S. adults say they've actually smoked marijuana, and uh, smoking marijuana is the most common, which uh, I, I don't really get. So 12 just say they smoked it, but there's I don't get it either. 45% that say they tried it. I have to say. So you're eating it, I guess? The majority of people I know have never smoked it, but they'll do the, like the gummy edibles that okay. are like five milligrams here. I think eating something is a little easier than yeah. They don't want to inj- smoking it. I guess smoke anything. They you know. Although it is a different high, the way that your body metabolizes uh, THC for sure. 
is much different and the experience is different uh, if you smoke it than if you eat it. It's more intense, I think, when you eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that when people are like, oh, this one didn't work. Better take a second. Yeah, Better wait 45 minutes. (laughs) I think we're going to (laughs) die. Yeah, the uptick to 49%. It's the highest Gallup poll ever to measure uh, marijuana. And more than 50 years ago, just 4% say they had tried the drug. 50 years ago. That percentage has surpassed 20% in 1977, 30 in 1985. And in 2015, we were at 40% in the U.S., the weed was a a much smaller <laughs> proportion of U.S. adults. Twelve percent say they have officially smoked it, and uh, the percentage and current marijuana smokers has been steadily increasing in, in years, varying between eleven and thirteen percent. After increasing from seven in two thousand thirteen, which obviously you can probably point to a lot of the legalization making it much easier prohibition ending on marijuana i think if you went back and did a poll of how many people were drinking versus how many people were drinking before and after prohibition i'm sure oh wow it really spiked (laughs) right (laughs) a lot of people are drinking now i mean you know a lot of people drank during prohibition they just found interesting speakeasies and places to go to drink right but not everybody was doing that now when it's legal it's not as big of a deal. So Smoke weed every day. Yeah, there's not a stigma. And, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody's, like, shocked by this, right? No, I'm not shocked. Yeah. And they say that the, the next generation will be more likely than we were to smoke marijuana. And I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, a lot of people are using it for medicinal reasons. You know, never have I ever woke up and went, man, smoked way too many joints last night. Definitely said that with beers. <laughs> right. That's true. Okay. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's just a different, it's a different thing completely. It's just a different thing. And it's, it's kind of fun in our lifetime, man. We are really seeing a lot of changes. You know, think about it. We would have never thought, like even in the 90s, it didn't seem possible that we were going to get to a place where weed was legal. And what did that mean if weed was legal? You know, you would think about it like just, okay, so if I have it, it's legal. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble anymore. Oh, there's going to be a store where I go and buy it? Really? It just didn't seem like that was real. But no. it's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, you know what else is real? This insane story uh, at a Yellowstone National Park. I don't know if you have this coming up, Cal, but I'm stealing it. Okay, if you do. Hey, boo-boo. Um, this Missouri family is just... Do you have this, Kelly? No, go ahead. Okay, this Missouri family is just like hanging out at Yellowstone National Park when all of a sudden they are held at gunpoint for an hour, okay, by the sheriff because their dad... Can you imagine this? Like Clark Griswold. Sounds like a Clark Griswold episode of National Lampoon Vacation. Was mistaken for a triple murder suspect. Oh my God, really? Look at this guy. He looks like Mark the Shark. Like, he does not look like a murder suspect. Let me see. Look at this guy. So the whole family was held oh at gunpoint while they wow. figured out yes. who the guy was? At Yellowstone National Park. Oh. I mean, it just sounds like a comedy. Like, you think my dad killed somebody? <laughs> I mean, well, and then you're like, Dad? Yeah. You're like, Dad, what? Well, you were gone for a while. You yeah. said you were at the mall. Yeah. I don't believe it now. You said you went, to the, you went to Uno to get a pizza in the mall. You murdered someone. Oh, my God. They have a seven-year-old daughter. I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. I mean, that, yeah, that's a lot to unpack, man. I'm just trying to camp. I know. That's a lot to unpack. They thought the same thing. They were like, we just wanted to get a glimpse of the geyser. 
And then there's. Well, if you want to get a, get a good look at that geyser, I want you to put your hands behind your back first. Yeah, geyser. I yeah. can't. I can't. I can't believe it. That's a tragic story. That's you know? embarrassing too. We're going on vacation soon, and I just I'm just reading all these stories out west. Yeah. If you're not a killer, <laughs> the words "I'm not a killer" should never have to come out of your mouth. <laughs> right. I mean, like you know, I feel bad. I'm not a killer. I promise. And as soon as you say, I'm not a killer, that's when the first time in your life people start suspecting you as a killer. <laughs> I'm not a killer. That's just what a killer would say. Right. Well, I didn't think so before this, Sherman, but now that you say it like that, I think you might have killed. Where <laughs> were you last night? Do you ever trust your dad again after something like that? No. We're always wondering. You trust him, but you never let him live it down. <laughs> yeah. And how about... Hey, go to my room. Whatever you say, murderer. <laughs> yeah. Got off scot-free. Yes, that's fine. Yes. And out of all the places, like, what a lame place to happen. Because say it happened at Disney World or somewhere cool, they would be like, all expenses paid. Yellowstone, what are they going to give you? Here's another 30-day pass. Uh... For the park. You get a free yeah. picnic basket. And I primo I parking. In... Sometimes it's tough to get in the parking spots there yeah. at those national parks. Hey, but... have you met my dad? Yeah, this is my dad. <laughs> the murderer. The Triple. Yellowstone slasher. Do you know him? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is my mom, the Jellystone slasher. <laughs> Jellystone. <laughs> <laughs> She's more delicious to hang out with. And now, all right, I'm listening. The three things you need to know before you go. Governor DeWine is encouraging school districts around the state to consider face mask mandates. The best way to make sure a child can stay in school and not have his or her classes interrupted is for that child to be vaccinated. If that child cannot be vaccinated, the best way to ensure a good school year for that child is for that child to wear a mask while in class. Now, the governor pushed schools that have not already put mask policies in place to consider doing so in the face of rising COVID case numbers. Yesterday, the State Department of Health reported uh, 3,235 new cases. Now, in response, Reynoldsburg City Schools last night changed uh, its mask, their mask recommendation to a mask requirement for all students uh, kindergarten through 12th grade and staff. So they were on a strong mask recommendation. Now they are on a mask requirement, a mandate for all students K through 12 and staff. The U.S. is scrambling to get thousands of Americans and U.S. allies out of Kabul or Kabul as quickly as possible as the Taliban secure their control of the falling Afghan capital. The State Department has told American citizens and others looking to get out that they should shelter in place until they are given further instructions by the U.S. Embassy amid the fragile security situation in the Afghan capital. Now, uh, supposedly, the Taliban said they'll give people safe passage. If they want to get out, they can get out. However, uh, there have been several flights, uh, not U.S. Uh, military flights, but I think a flight from Germany, another from Australia, uh, that have only been able to maybe board six, ten people. That's all that's Why? been done. Is it wild to you guys that they're flying to like Germany, Australia, and all you know, back to the United States and like all these other places, like when the rest of the country is in ruins? Um, like there's like it just blows my mind that there's flights leaving from there. You know, like even if it's uh, flights that we're controlling, controlling with through the military, it's just 
you know, with given the rest right outside that airport. That they're still going and landing just, and trying to pick up people. Yeah, that yeah. there's just chaos happening on the other side. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to get that through my brain, you know? Yeah, and the fact that the Taliban said that they would let people leave if they wanted, but it doesn't appear that a lot of people are being able to get to the airport. Oh, they're good on their word. Yeah, Taliban? They, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who said that? Taliban? Yeah, come on. They, okay, so here's the deal. I guess the U.S. military, we're saying, like, everything's chill. And then the British military saying everything is not chill. Not so chill. We are trying to just compromise. Like, we don't have anything under control. And the U.S. military is like, we've got the airport under control. Breaker, breaker, one nine. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. I must take off all of my clothes. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Mayday! The Taliban has a problem with that. The Americans are delusional! So the Taliban, they're trying to control the crowds at the airport, so they're like whipping people, they're shooting into the air. They said it's insane, and you can just watch to watch a video and look at it, and it is insane. There is actually video from one of the guys who boarded the plane... Not inside the plane. Oh, right. He climbed yeah. in. Yeah. No, climbed on the outside. And they don't know where he wound up. Is he the guy that was in the gear crushed to death? Was he the guy? Because they found the footage. It's, oh. it's just it's devastating. You know what I mean? It's, it's devastating that uh, someone that wants something as simple as the idea that we can wake up and have free will to get out of our bed and go sit in our overpriced vehicles and drive down the roads that are way too, way too wide for us. I mean, really, you go anywhere else in the world, we have, like, the widest roads you've ever seen. Like, everything that we have is extra big, just more than any one person probably needs. And that's why the rest of the world kind of honestly hates us. It's the tr- If you travel internationally, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it is what it is, right? It is what it is. And uh, we're in a situation right now where... We have to trust the people that put us into a full-on war tailspin in 2001 and that united the country, but at the same time changed the way that we live as Americans. It's a lot to swallow. I didn't really think we would be here in 21. Uh, as you were mentioning, when a U.S. Air Force C-17 military plane landed in uh, Qatar or cutter, however you say it. Qatar, yeah. Uh, they did find human remains in the wheel, uh, inside the wheel well of that military plane. That was the one that everybody was just crowding, hanging mm-hmm. off of, et cetera. So these remains are found inside the wheel well. Uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. They will do anything to get out. Like, hello. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. So apparently the Taliban has set up checkpoints that were all around the airport. They're not in the airport, but they're all around the import the airport. There have been reports that people are getting um, beaten, etc. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. So I, mean, I wonder if you know, nightmare. Yeah, I wonder if our strategy is then to go out and secure outside the airport. Like once the rest, you know, those 6,000 Marines get there or whatever. They said like on the streets, like the Taliban, they're like beating people for little things. Like the, this one guy is suspected car thief okay first of all your country's in ruins right now and you're a suspected car thief they've tarred him they've handcuffed him and they've chained him up to a car and the video doesn't go on anymore but like it's pretty insane and the police there trust those guys trust them no the, the police there are actually uh still 
conducting traffic while like terrible things are going on beside them and they can't even do anything. They're the police, but like they're not in charge. Did you see them yesterday? We've changed and we'll, uh, you know, human rights are a okay uh, as long as it fits under our extreme Islamic law. law. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, did you guys watch Borat or something? And you're just like repeating lines. I mean, it's like it seems it seems like it's a comedy because it's like not real. Like what they're saying, it's like, do you you think we believe what you're saying? Like, oh, you've Connie, get in here. The Taliban's changed. The Taliban's changed. I'm telling you, you've got to see the Taliban has changed. Look how compassionate the Taliban well, is now. Well, the footage, it shows that they, uh, there's no sign of that at all. Of course change. not. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. And so, I think we all knew that that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll have to... I, I have... I, I'm a man of optimism, so, you know, I'm optimistic, and I hope that everything is, is going to work out for not only uh, our military, obviously, but uh, the uh, the Afghan people. Well, meanwhile... The, the, the people that live there every day, you know? Absolutely. And, like, uh, what's going on with our border? Because all I'm seeing right now is the Af- Afghanistan stuff, and I'm like... Um, you see, there are, there are so many children. This was coming from a CNN reporter. So there are so many children coming across the border from Mexico right now that he, he's, he was down there kind of doing a story on it. And he just said it was like surreal and overwhelming and gut wrenching. Like the amount of kids that are down there. Think of all the psychological problems all those children will grow up to have as adults. I saw one CNN reporter. It's going to be a nut house when we are in 20 years. She was hanging out and it was with a bunch of cartel members. And she was like, wow, they're so dangerous. It was friendly, but very friendly at the same time. Oh, yeah, the news reporter. That was funny. <laughs> was, the same, was it the same woman? The same woman. I mean, that's like kind of her gig now. She, she just goes the... around to like dangerous it areas. It's so peaceful. Even though they're chanting, I hate and will kill all of her Americans. They, <laughs> Death to know. America is what they're chanting. But they seem very friendly. Like, I don't buy it. I don't but, buy I mean, the hate. If you watch the whole video, you do kind of get why she said that, though, in, in all fairness, because it was a bizarre city. Because you know why? They're like boy men. It's like another a lot of them. You know what I mean? They're these perfect word for young, surreal. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. And they're but they're these guys that like have hardly any training and, and they're just like walking around with their chests out, like grabbing people, tying them up with chains. And, you know, you think that these guys have ever tied anybody up with a chain before? You know what I mean? Like, it just does not seem that uh, way. Put them in a cage and burn them alive. But no. I, I'm saying like these particular like the guys that they show on television, they look so young. I'm like, they weren't even around the last time the but Taliban was a thing. You eyeliners know? on point. Yeah, that eyeliner, they're out there like the cure. It's insane. All right. All right. Uh, regarding social media, Facebook is taking action after uh, the takeover, the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan. Facebook says it considers the group to be a terrorist organization and will continue to ban all accounts praising, supporting, or representing the Taliban. Same goes for Instagram, of course, owned by Facebook. Uh, TikTok says it is removing all content that has to do with the Taliban or purportedly from the Taliban. YouTube says it will terminate all accounts run by the Afghan Taliban, but not Twitter. Twitter is still allowing the Taliban to tweet. As of late last night, the English language spokesperson for the Taliban is still tweeting away. A co-founder of the Taliban. Can we tweet at him then? Yeah, that's fine. I think so. All right, I'm going to tell him what I think. Uh, yeah, I don't wouldn't get, want to get on any list about communicating with Taliban. So. That's true. All right. <laughs> uh, but this uh, guy who supposedly co-founded the Taliban, his name's Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. He's considered to be a likely political leader of a future Afghanistan, and he has a Twitter presence. So they allow them to tweet, but 
God forbid, God forbid Donald Trump get on Twitter. The next thing we're going to hear is like, hey, guys, I'm the newest member. I'm looking to make the <laughs> Taliban great again. I know, just so we can get back yeah. on Twitter. We got a very bad reputation, but we're trying to clean it up a little bit. Oh, my God. I swear I don't understand why any of us are still on Twitter because it is obscene. It's obscene that that is allowed to happen, that you ban who you want because they don't align with you politically. Even if you don't like Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, you should be alarmed at this. You should be very alarmed because it's going to happen to to a guy you like next time. No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) All right. Those are your three things. Don't want to be an American Ladies and gentlemen, the Hella Mega Tour was on last night at Historic Cruise Stadium. And if you ask Siri or Alexa to take you to the venue, you want to make sure that you ask them to take you to Historic Cruise Stadium. Not old crew, huh? Yeah, but it already knows. Like <laughs> Siri's like, yeah, no problem. Historic Cruise Stadium That's where I'm going. That's cool. So I'm on my way there and I pick up uh, my buddy Yacht Rock Rob because... Tomorrow, or well, today is the first day of school for all of our kids in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And Randy, being the absolute soldier, you did all of the at school, meet the teacher stuff yesterday. Washings of hair, drying them, straightening them. Oh my gosh. Randy, it's hard being the primary parent, oh. isn't it? Kelly, I'm glad that you <laughs> gave me the title back again. Because I, last night, I definitely was PP, primary parent. So, yeah, we. Uh, so we had some awesome tickets, you know, thanks to uh, Ronnie Hunter and Hal here at the station and uh, everybody that uh, set that up for us. In fact, they were so great that I was like, yeah, I'll do a solid for the kids. <clears throat> I'll stay home. When you told me how great they were, I was like, let me see if I can get a COVID test. <laughs> you can't. Day of. I looked. Yeah. The last thing I heard, you had to have a negative COVID test to get in or be fully vaxxed. And Randy's had one shot going back for the second one. They had one shot. Yeah. So and I'm like half vaxxed. I'm a half vaxxer. I've had both mine. And so I was like, all right, we originally were going to go me, Randy and Jaden because, you know, it would just be a lot of fun and everything. And then with the first day of school, I'm like, man, I'm not going to set him up to fail on the first day of right. school, like be super tired after a concert. And he had wrestling practice last night. So just because we've known we've done this before. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, you know, I had to make a tough dad decision, guys, and cut my party loose a little bit. So I picked up my buddy Yacht Rock Rob and we set off for Historic Crew Stadium. Here we go. We had a set list going, a hella mega set list. I like that. Listening to the, the band. Car. You're going to see on the oh, way there. So fun. That is so fun. It's like a hype situation. Dude, yes. And you know me, I love Green Day. Been with those guys since like Lookout Records. So, you know, I- I'm loving. I'm loving this ride. This ride is so great. As I'm cruising, I realize that uh, I'm, I'm in some unfamiliar territory. I- I'm on 70. I'm on 70. I'm on 71. And it's uh, like me driving. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I realize, don't know where I am. <laughs> I realized that I'm coming up on my exit, which was 670, to take me over to historic Crew Stadium. And Breeze right by that bitch. But it's not that big of a deal because you got to realize I picked up Yacht Rock Rob at 530, okay? And if you want to know, like, what the uh, festivities were like last night, well, I have a little, uh, little game plan thing, okay. itinerary for you. Timeline? Okay. Yeah, doors were at 4. Dinner backstage started at 5. Nice. 5.30 were the interrupters. Is that Six, you and Rob? <laughs> uh, 6.20, Weezer to 7.20. Uh, we had 7.50, Fallout Boy. 
Mackenzie was very upset that she wasn't that fallout boy I when know, you I got home terrible. last night. I felt terrible. Yeah, she's like, what? But same deal with her. She's got to go to school. But she knows all the song titles. She'd be good at treadmill trivia. She's like, did they sing this yeah. song? Uh, 910 gr- nine, Green Day was coming on. Like I said, I picked up Yacht Rock Rob at like 530, okay, in Dublin. So we missed that little 670 exit, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, we're so early. It doesn't matter. We'll catch it uh, just an alternate route. Yeah. Right. So he's got his ways out. You know, he's yeah. over there like co-pilot. So we find uh, what we think is the most genius plan. <laughs> we're like, dude, like people don't even realize what we're about to pull on them. I feel like I'm bamboozling the rest of the crowd trying to get into Crew Stadium, historic Crew Stadium. So we start heading uh, towards, well, it's like the Linden area, really. And so we're over... Uh, what would you say, Rick? Give me some uh, some stats. I was like on, uh, it's called East Maynard Avenue. Yes. Yeah, you're definitely in the Linden area there. Yeah, so I'm on and East. You're on the, so you're on the wrong side of 71. You're on the opposite side of 71 that Crew Stadium's on at this point. Then. Yeah, so I have not understood all of the brevity of the situation that's going on. They have shut down 17th. Because we're like, why are we stuck oh, in grid really? lock? I'm talking to people that live in that area on the street because they're just like, everybody's hanging out up front trying to, you know, get some parking in their front lawn and stuff like that. And this one guy I talked to, he's, uh, what was he, like 65? He's lived in that same house for all 65 years of his life. He grew up on that street. He told me, like, where Archie Griffin used to play ball, like, right down the street there. <laughs> he's like, oh my he's God. like, see that park, man? Archie Griffin used to play ball at that park. I was like, no, really? Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, he introduced me to his brothers and like his cousin. And uh, Man, you were in standstill traffic if you were able to do all that. I literally you talked to this guy someone. for 45 minutes. You have no idea how long I talked to this guy for. It was like an interview. It was a podcast, what we did right there in the street. <laughs> we were making a movie. It was uh, a really nice experience to meet some people that I wouldn't uh, regularly you know, get to meet. Right. I picked Rob up at 5.30. I think I mentioned that. It's probably every bit of 6.45 right now. And we're like, man, we've been here a long time. 6.40, you know, it's been a long time since we've been here a long time. And so, you know, I'm looking at all these set times and I'm thinking to myself like, okay, cool. So uh, follow up or Weezer's on right now. <laughs> I'm, uh, we've already missed a little bit. of we- So they're going to play till 7.20. We'll definitely be in there for like, you know, the last three power songs from Weezer. I'm looking up <laughs> Chicago to see like what the last three songs Weezer played in Chicago to see like what I might be in for. All right. So that time comes and goes. Oh, no. And it is official. We have missed Weezer. We're still sitting in front of Dude's house in Linden. His name's James, by the way. What's up, James? Hey, James. You ain't on the radio every day. That's what James told me. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, get over here. My man's on the radio every... I go, well, I don't work on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> but we're out there, and I'm like, is it always like this? He's like, man, it's never like this. 17th is closed, bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, man, you... I go, we have Kelly, who does really great traffic, but I mean, like, how you just added that dumbasses there at the end? I was like, that was a great traffic Kelly, report. <laughs> I will tell you that I never had that on my traffic reports last night. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know 17th was closed. It didn't even show up. Well, James did. I'm just saying. Wow. Watch Uh, your job, Kel. See, I need to call James (laughs) before I do my next traffic report. Kelly, you're not on the radio every day. (laughs) Hey, she's on the radio every day. 
James in London is the man. All right. So we're out there and guys, now we're approaching like 745-ish. I mean, it is getting really close to 8 o'clock. And I am looking at the clock and I'm thinking to myself, 750 is when Fallout Boy comes on, okay? That time comes and goes. And so You've been I, in the car for two hours. Oh yeah. So then I'm like I mean, we're not moving, guys. I mean, like, we were at Maynard, and what's that other street that I, I, I was telling London? you about? Uh, Cleveland? Grasmere. Grasmere. Grasmere right. Avenue and, like, Maynard Avenue in that in that territory right. for, like, how long? Ever. Oh, no. Yeah, Grasmere's where uh, James. Shout out to James. The James lives in Grasmere, if you guys want to stop by later. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, he's out there every day with his cousin and his brother. I mean, like, they're serious. That front yard is a party. But there's a lot of people. And let me tell you something. Uh, a little bit of landscaping will sway some folks to pay you $20 to park in your lawn, okay? If it looks like Pirates of the Caribbean was shot in your front yard, I'm just saying you're probably not going to get as many customers as the nice chain link fence and really nice bushes. That's right, all I'm saying. Right, right, right. All right? So just a little, uh, just a little advice. Got to keep that parking lot right there. You got there were some <laughs> people yard slash parking lot making some cash last night though. Because let me tell you about watching. It was like okay, you know, in The Walking Dead, when you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that guy was with us forever and he got bit, turned into a right, zombie. Right. Every time somebody would give up, get out of line, you would see him pull into a driveway. They weren't turning around to leave. They were turning around to give up to surrender their car to this person's lawn. They couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't right. do the line anymore because there was a point on that Gasmere, like where we were stuck there for literally, uh, you know, way over an hour and a half. And there, wow. there was, yeah, it took everything inside because I have a new loper. I don't. Did I tell you guys about new loper? Who doesn't like do any radical stuff on the road anymore? Okay, good. <laughs> like if yes, we're coming yes. to like a merge lane, like I don't ever rush up on the side and you know cut everybody off because I can you know most of the time I'll drive everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like right. days of thunder style. I don't do it anymore. He's I, grown up, Columbus. I really I respect everybody. You know, like they like I want to be respected on the roads. And so New Loper is out in Linden, <laughs> and I'm like Rob, we're not leaving. We're gonna we're gonna wait through this quite chain cane style. We have to have perseverance. Don't we have to have perseverance, James? You got to have perseverance, Rob. <laughs> oh, my God. He's on the radio every day. <laughs> so finally, like every time the car would move, it was like exciting. I mean, like, you know, the wheels move and you're like, whoa, 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 what? And James would walk with us. Oh, my God. James was six houses down from his house. Was he like, you can turn around any minute and give me 20 bucks and park in my yard, Lope? Well, that's what I think James was hoping, but that ain't going to happen. Because, I mean, I, I had a destination. You'd have to walk back all that far after. So I get up to the light right there at Maynard Avenue and Gasmere and Linden. And, like, this is the moment of truth. I'm going to turn left. And then I get to really see what's happening. Because at that moment, like, we still don't even know why there's a stupid, like, all this traffic, right? So we turn, and you would not never believe that they closed 17th, right? completely and everything that was bottlenecked in was coming right in through that road i mean it was right there everyone if you could have heard everyone walking in last night so many people missed weezer so many people missed most of fallout boy i can't imagine if i spent so much money on those tickets and then after all the corona and how many times did that concert get canceled and then rescheduled you know it's like kind of insane and then 
everybody's late. I mean, like, you have no idea. I wonder why 17th was closed. The, there were so many people all going in at the same time. It created a situation that was even unlike. There was way more order at Sonic Temple, and there's double the people. Well, I'm guessing they were pushing people up to Hudson to Silver Drive because that's where the line coming into Rock on the Range always was. But that was always a crazy, ridiculous, long wait coming in that way. And they always had like rotating closures of those 11th, 17th Hudson. Like they would close them for a few minutes and then reopen them so that people just for traffic control. For Sonic Temple and Rock on the Range. But right. I don't know why they would have just shut down 17th. But, That's I mean, a nightmare. We persevered. Nikki Newland said, uh, dude, we miss Weezer too. One hour to park. This has never happened. Uh, Doug said, I miss Weezer all because of stupid traffic. It was uh, at a snail's pace. They also had Hudson closed. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, they were really... What? He said he paid $25 for parking when he finally got to the stadium. Yeah, he I said, paid $25 He said, park. which is straight BS. I've never paid that much for parking, James ever. only wanted 20 I know. Oh, God dang. But it was, I mean, like, you know, you're going to be walking down the street How, for a minute, too. I mean, you... <laughs> they're gonna be in somebody's name. I wouldn't like, just leave my... <laughs> I don't love vehicle on well, grass that's what mirror. I thought, too. I mean, like, you know, possession's nine-tenths of the law. I don't even understand. You closed <laughs> Hudson like my truck. And Kathy's, Kathy that's says the top and the bottom of the stadium. Kathy wrote in and said it's been closed. I don't know which one she's referring to. Oh, 17? Yeah, but hey, how about this? I would never know that because I don't go there for anything else. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I'm not a big shocker. I'm not practicing with the crew. So I'm not over there a lot. Oh, man, and I thought you were moonlighting. So I get into the actual concert finally, okay? I'm into the concert, like into the actual parking lot when I say the concert. You were not even in the concert yet. <laughs> so I park where Jesus lost his sandal. I mean, we are so, like, I had to park on an island of mud. I mean, an island of... Weezer Island solid, of the Sun. Yes, solid, solid ground surrounded by a moat of mud like i was on an island literally and there's no one around me because you couldn't park around me <laughs> were you like square in the fairgrounds where you have to walk like I two was, miles I was, uh, yeah i was i was uh, past p towards like walking towards the fairgrounds you know what i mean like way out there yeah. and uh yeah so it, it but that was fine just to be there was fine. once i knew i was there i could throw that you thing in relax. park and yeah. we could foot it and get there yep. i was scared the box office was going to close <laughs> Because, like, at some point, at a certain point, they do close the box office, and that's it. You know, like, so if you haven't picked up tickets that are at Will Call or something like that, they're gone. I mean, right. you know. So I we had waited so long that I was, like, getting worried about that. I'm like, we've done all of this to get here. So I got my stupid thing, like the Vax. I got to, you know, I'm walking up with this and all these. My, You know, do you need my social? How do I get into a concert? You know what I mean? Like, I've never been before or something. I didn't go because I was like, I don't have the right paperwork. Yeah, so I get all the way up there. Like, I'm, like I'm going into another country. That's what I felt like, you know. Turns out I needed none of it except for the ticket to get in, just like old school. You're so lucky. Why didn't I go? I know, oh. but who would have known that? Everybody was talking about it yeah, like, I thought I had the, to get inside a the concert. Dumb test, which I did go to look for a test but there were none available till the next day like i looked all over columbus i, well, I was gonna drive to where you were mad river mountain yeah i was like no you're not what? i was like that's like insane yeah i was like there's one up it, at uh by her Shul fountain uh, scott shuley has a gym yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> uh yeah i was like that's way too far no way too far so that was my little journey in. And let me tell you something, man. That took everything because there were so many times when I was like, you know what, man? It's just not meant for this night. <laughs> I was like, if we just leave, I was like, I don't know what to do. But then it just, I'm like, I'm not getting out of this line. I'm going to see this through. 
I was like, sunk no- that much of your time into it. It's right. like you gotta just hang in well, there. Well, people kept bailing, so I was like, all right, all these weak people are getting out of line. <laughs> now, Kathy said my daughter lives off fourth, and I can never go down seventeenth. Terrell said. Uh, you had to pay cash in the parking, yet mm-hmm. inside the stadium was cashless, LOL. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Tony said, I don't think I'm going to go to a concert. Well, I mean, come on. If they don't figure out that traffic situation, I didn't get to see Weezer. That sucks. Can I tell you something? Like, yeah. you guys would, you, everyone in this room would absolutely off. say the same thing. I will never go see another concert mm-hmm. there until they get that figured out. No. Because that was, there's no telling when you have to leave. Do you know what I mean? And so by me missing 670, it was like the ultimate miss of all times. Because I could have came in, I guess, uh, you know, right there. Well, 17th was closed, but what, what's the next option after that? Is that Hudson? Yeah. And they're saying Hudson was closed, yeah. too? You're coming up at 71, you get off at 17th. The next one on the top side, yeah. on the top of the stadium is Hudson, and then you come down Silver Drive. See, we always come around the back, like around Lowe's. Like for yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah, that's Silver Drive goes right past Lowe's there. And so that was the first mistake I made. I I went around the west side of 270 and not the east side. Oh, so you were coming up, yeah. So you passed Weber, then Hudson, and you went past Hudson and went to 17. Okay, because Rob lives on the opposite side of Muirfield than me. Right. You know what I mean? So like he he's closer to the uh, the that side of 270. You know, so, okay, I, so I would never do that normally. There's so many things that were out of place last night, guys. We can't well, even start. No, Rick, Ricky Elkin said traffic last night was a S show, single line going through parking lot, missed Weezer, so mad. And we, oh, yeah, by the way, so Weezer played and then Fallout Boy and then Green Day. Does that surprise anyone else? I mean, it's obviously Weezer's music is a little more mellow and maybe like Rivers is like, all right, you know. No, I was surprised when you said that. Yeah, I, I was too. Yeah, yeah. because uh, Fall Out Boy. So all three of those bands, and we'll talk more about this in the next segment, but like all three of those bands, like, man, and I, I say this far too often, but you forget how many songs they have. Like all of the, like all of those bands could get on there and play a full set of the hits. I mean, like the smash crossover top 40 hits you know not just alternative and rock hits i mean these are world-class songs big time songs by fallout boy by green day by Weezer. i mean it, it was a, a who's who of hit dick slinging i mean it was insane <laughs> last night so we're gonna get into all of that and i had some company in this cool box that i ended up in and and I think uh, you guys will be uh, pleasantly surprised to hear this story. Now, were these people complaining of the traffic too, or no? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not not to the extent that we got caught in. They, I think they came from another direction. But, okay. Okay. I mean, I'd like to know what direction that was because I'm going to come <laughs> from that direction the next time. I like it. Oh man, traffic! To all the traffic warriors from last night, we all live together. So, can you part, say it's a it's a rival? Part D of the story will uh, happen right after this. Last night we were at the Green Day show. I was at the Green Day show. Randy was steadfast at home getting our kids ready for school today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Felt like one of those old time ladies. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Try to get rear, rear the children or whatever they call it. Well, I finally got into the venue last <laughs> night, and guys, when I walked into Historic Cruise Stadium, it was it was the biggest win. I mean, mostly because I've been in uh, traffic nearly three hours. <laughs> yeah, you're like, anything is fantastic. Yacht Rock Rob <laughs> and I started saying, uh, yeah, dude, this is uh, a great trip to Cleveland. 
<laughs> the yeah, I mean, it's like honestly, I'm like it felt like we drove to Cleveland. But that that was the time frame. But when we walked in, it felt like a big victory, and not because of just getting through the traffic, but because of everything that we've been through since Corona. Obviously, my first time at Crew Stadium since everything has broken out with the virus, and you have to remember where we were in 2020 at that time. Sonic Temple was already announced. You know, we were about to get the biggest Sonic Temple of all time, and it was just a place that we went all the time. You know, being friends with Frankie, going to games, uh, being lucky enough to to work here at the Blitz for so many years and go to every Rock on the Range and Sonic Temple and all the other great shows that they have there. It's a place that we go all the time. You might say one would take advantage of the amount that you're going to see these great places. And when I walked in, I really soaked it all in, man. I felt like the rock, like when he walked out. Just the people. Seeing the people at the show. It, it almost like brought up emotions. Like, right, you know, like, you know me, I'll cry at the You're drop of a hat. probably upset and really cranky from the traffic, too. I you wasn't. Already, you've already missed Weezer. You've already missed Fallout Boy. So you're probably super emotional about a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, I'm being really emotional. Were you hangry, too? I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I, we were having a great time. That's what I'm telling you. New Loper doesn't get upset at traffic anymore. Wow. Like, you know. You made a new friend. I made it. And that's what that's I was thinking Loper. about. That's New Loper. Look at you. <laughs> I was like, I wish I had an extra I, ticket for James. So yeah. I want to hear who are your new friends that you were hanging out with so in a sweet-ass box. But I get into the concert, and when we get there, uh, you know, Fall Out Boy's already on, and they sound great. And I have not missed as much of Fall Out Boy really? as I anticipated missing. So I was like, right on, man. And I get in, and we go right to the box. And when we walk into the box, I saw a, a familiar face that I, I've met a few a, a few times, and we always have great interactions. I ran into uh, Jimmy Jam from uh, WNCI, and so <laughs> I, I, his boss Mike, who's a really great guy, I know him through the business, super guy. Like, yeah, McCoy's a great guy. So we. Uh, we end up, you know, talking to Jimmy Jam, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And so, you know, our boss that is over uh, the radio stations here now just came from over there. And so, you know, we were kind of talking about that a little bit. He knows some of my friends. And it turns out, how about Jimmy Jam and Yacht Rock Rob know each other from 30 what? years ago? Yes. <laughs> and so they're going down memory oh, Listen to this. They, they dated girls who lived together. How about they were like... The, Larry, funny? what was it? The, the dude from the Three's Company, Larry, Larry. and Jack Tripper. I'm yeah. like, you guys are hanging out at the Regal Beagle together. Yes, Thirty years ago, I, I was only ten. Okay, how about it's the exact <laughs> situation when you were hanging out with Yacht Rock Rob's wife, Anne, yeah. and then we found out Anne and I know a, a million of the same people. Absolutely. We grew up in the same neighborhood, the same neighborhood. Yes, but we don't know each other. That is bizarre. So is that what? So that you had to sit through all that, oh, all it was the so memory funny. lane. It, it was so funny, uh, you know. So I'm sitting there, and it, but the concerts happen. So there's only so much that I could hear, but I could see them like, you know, definitely connecting on things. And like, you know, my mind's going, what are they talking about? You know, it, you know, Jimmy's a nice guy and you know, a really nice guy. And so I met his fiance and, we, you know, so we're all enjoying the concert. And I'm telling you, it was no more than five minutes after that, that uh, the uh, the lady that's on their show, Kelsey. Yeah. So she comes in and I've never met her before. And so, you know, I never, I don't think I've ever met most people that are in radio in Columbus outside of the people that work here. Right. 
And that wasn't the case in other markets that I've worked in. Like, you know, we kind of all knew each other or whatever. I love, That's how it used to be here. Oh, I love it that. It used to be that way here. I don't know why it's not anymore. That is a great environment, but it also has to do with establishments. Like, the casinos where we lived would have us all out. All the media. Yeah, there used to be you know a lot I mean? more media events where yeah. everybody was well, invited. Why or wouldn't something? you want a bunch of us out there? We I, like to hang out. I think one of the things I miss is the media softball. Yeah, right. So everybody one of the things that I was, you know, obviously uh, very conscious of is uh, not going to beat around the bush. Beating around bushes. When I was younger, you know, I may have talked a lot of uh, trash about them and, uh, you know, maybe uh, you were younger. You know, said some things. <laughs> ten years ago, guys. We've been okay. here ten years. That's true. You were only in your 30s that then. Was the, you I were mean, only 30, Loper. You were so young and dumb. Uh, I don't know about, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I was. It was all joking. Yeah, I know. I was, was. just. I was joking. I was definitely too. dumb. I don't know if I was. No. Was so much younger. But no, no, serious. <laughs> I, uh, you know. <laughs> It was, it, to me at the time, it was funny. You know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of goofing. And, like, you know, you don't know people and you're just kind of ruffling feathers and, you know, whatever's whatever. But then when you see nice people and people are nice, you know, you listen, I'm a man of, of the cloth as well and I feel pain too, okay? Wait, is what? something what we don't we know about you? This? What? You're, you're a man, man of, of the cloth? cloth? I didn't specify which cloth. I feel like, is it more like Tarzan? He's talking about cashmere. He's talking All right, about Terry you know, Cloth. Like, listen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you get what I'm saying. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a man that, uh, I, I, listen, I, I, I can, I can also, up. I can also spot, you know, when, uh, you know, sometimes you like to, to do things and then sometimes, uh, you know, the game plan changes a little bit after you, uh, I think you get achieve, older. Achieve what right. you wanted to achieve. Yeah. Did, did Jimmy hit you with a, hey, remember when you said no, this not about all. me? Oh, no, okay. not at all. Not at all. It's he's, just as your conscience. He's very nice. You know, like Within he, this uh, box. Yeah, So, but I've met him before, and he's, <laughs> yeah. and he's never said, but I mean, I don't think anybody would ever say anything. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, a, it's a show business yeah. thing. But anyway, so Kelsey came in, and this is where it got kind of you know interesting for a second. So <laughs> she came in, and I didn't realize it. It was like one of those moments like we didn't realize what happened, okay? So Jimmy introduces me to her, and I now I know that all she heard was the blitz. And just, you know, so she just thought, you know, so-and-so. And she's like, hey, how you doing? And said something. But it was like so short that then she like turned around, and I was like, oh, wow, so... Uh, she's not going to live and let die. That sucks, you know? Like, you must have insulted her back have, in the day. Yeah, but definitely not her, but, you know, maybe, like, you know, something in jest. Okay. You know, like... Uh, Offended. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like, maybe uh, maybe that's what it is. But, you know, I'm the kind of person where, you know, I have thick skin, so it's like, I'm, if you are mad at me over something, I'm kind of like, well, that's your thing, and I'm, you know, I respect that, so I'm not going to, like, you know, push the envelope or anything, you know, just, hey, hey how you doing? Then I guess they had had a little conversation. Then she comes over and she's like, you're Loper. I, I didn't really, and she didn't hear the introduction. And so she came back over and she is one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Aww, <laughs> that's what I'd hope she would be. Yeah. You and, know? Uh, you know, she asked for Randy right away. And uh, yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience to, to watch a show with them. And like I said, uh, their boss, uh, we, uh, so my friend Mojo up in Detroit, Kelly knows mm-hmm. Mojo because yeah, her we, friend listens to Mojo in Detroit, which is hilarious. He and I had the same, yeah. uh, we, we had the same agent, Randy, uh, had the same agent up until uh, November when uh, Norm passed. But 
that guy Mike was Mojo's boss in Detroit for a while. So, like, you know, we've all kind of known each other for a while. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an, an, an enjoyable little experience. You know, like, it was fun. Not an experience that I thought we would have had nine years ago. That's Let's cool. put it that way. That's good. It's the evolution of Loper, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Rick. <laughs> Stop trying to put me in a box, man. I'm well, all I over like the place. It. I, I like where you're going. So anyway, uh, so we're all enjoying the concert. And and I, let me tell you something, man. Yeah. This Fallout Boy is just killing the hits. Their set was ridiculous. I mean, absolutely. Like, when they played this song, like, everything was on fire in the stadium. People, The phones, like, people were jumping up and down. Is this Champions? No, no, which no. one? That's my what, songs know what you did in the dark. Yeah. My songs know what you did in the dark. My I would have never gotten know that. What you did in the dark. That's the dumbest name That's I've terrible. ever heard for a I record. Hope, I hope you're oh, still in town. It. No, uh-uh. I hope they think about it. All right. Sorry, <laughs> Pete Wentz. Okay, so what else? <laughs> Kelly and I, we heard that part. We just want to criticize, so go on. <laughs> they, I mean, they sounded great. Fall Out Boy great. is one of those bands that they absolutely nail it live. They sound tremendous. They had a great set. I mean, all the songs, like, it's funny, like, their dance pits and everything, you know, it's a little different than some of the hard rock right. shows that we're used to. I mean, he called it a dance pit, so yeah. that's yeah, exactly. already different. <laughs> a lot of girls, there's a lot of girls in the pit, you know what I mean? So, like, I, you know, I like punk rock shows where everybody's, you know, especially... Uh, pop punk shows where everybody's a little more respectful of the females and thank you that's why i love you honestly i've worked with so many people in radio and for some reason some of the guys like the old school guys are dicks and uh you are not you are always pro women it's because i you know you you have you're raised by your mom and your grandma you have daughters you just respect women and that is so delightful yep i try to get raised by wolves but my mom wouldn't let me around the wolves so so protective, but Kelly, do you know what I mean? Like it, it is. It, it's it's nice. So I uh, I have to say, man, I I give Fallout Boy maybe like a seven. Okay. Hey, you know? really? Nice. Yeah, like seven a seven a out of a ten. You know, That's like good. a seven or an eight, maybe. You know, I don't want to like downplay it at okay. all. Like, you I know, my scale, about- I, my scale is very legitimate. I'm not giving out free scores. You know what I mean? A seven is very high on my wow. scale. I mean, I'd ask you about Weezer, but no one saw him, so uh, we'll just <laughs> go. To, which is a shame. I mean, I really what don't band, know. What band did I want to see the most? Weezer. Yeah, well, of course, Weezer. So but I would have been upset. I would have been like, what the F? There for a moment, I, the reason I was thinking there for a moment <laughs> yeah, is, look thinking? up the Interrupters. The, that band, the Interrupters, have a song that we all know. And it was, it's Did they a, open up for them? For yeah, there's this obnoxious guys. woman that stuck her face over our box line like a giraffe. Oh, and yeah. she was so drunk and, like, and rude and Karenish. Giraffe? It was so crazy. So Did you wish you had lettuce? She looked at me and Kelsey and Kelsey's friend and uh, my friend Rob, and she was trying to tell us that you know, what BS it was uh, getting into the stadium about the traffic. And she was like, and you know what? This band sucks right now, too. This song, I don't even want to hear this one. Ew. Play the next one. And she was oh, like yelling no. at the, the cupping her hand. It was so weird. And so then she said something about the first. She, I don't even know who that first band was. And I said the interrupters. And then she's like, she's kept going, right? And I heard uh, Kelsey's friend say, uh, yeah, the interrupters. Everyone had said the interrupters. This lady was a true-to-life interrupter. She's the interrupter. <laughs> she was like, she was the band. That's why she's hating she on She was them. their namesake. She was like, oh my God, are my rivals here? Yes. And so, oh my God. <laughs> like, you just never know. You're just like, you are lucky enough to be in a box and you're, I want to throw you out of the venue. Get out of here. Um, so Nikki Newland said people were jumping so hard, I thought the bleachers were going to crash. Yeah. So the interrupters. I didn't even know they were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. You know the song, right? We yeah. Do this. Oh, yeah. Anyway, 
So it's long been hailed on this show, and I think I might have said it after Lollapalooza. You know, I'm going to wrap this up here. Okay. <laughs> that the Foo Fighters are probably at the forefront of rock and roll at, when it comes to ambassadors. Like Dave Grohl may be like the greatest ambassador to rock music. That is until you forget about Green Day and you forget how amazing Billy Joe Armstrong is, how amazing Mike Dern is, how killer Trey Cool is, and they put together something that is unlike anything. It's a trio that's pop punk that gave way to the mainstream. It's the Sex Pistols for the suburbs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Green Day. Mind set on overdrive. And why why would I ever downplay Green Day? I mean, literally one of my favorite bands since they were on Lookout Records all the way through Kerplunk, Dookie, I mean, I was even walking down the boulevard of broken dreams with Green Day when other people were trying to hitch a ride. Is that right? You know, Billy, <clears throat> Billy Armstrong is a fellow Aquarian. All right. It was so funny. In 1997, they played uh, the radio station festival that I worked at in West Palm, and we went out with the band the night before. Like, we were out in downtown West Palm, and we were at this place called Respectable Street, and we're all getting out of this car, and Trey's hand... Just as one of my friends, Charlene, she shut the door and Trey was reaching in to grab something in the car. The night before the concert, she slams his hand in the door of the car. Oh, God. Before Green Day is supposed to headline our festival. You mean Neil Armstrong's nephew? That's insane. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's Billy Joe. Oh, that's why I thought you were talking about Billy Joel Armstrong. No, uh, who, who were you saying? Trey. Yeah, Trey. So, okay, yeah, it was so crazy, though. I mean, like, literally slammed his hand in the door the night before the concert. He was okay. He was able to go play. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of band Green Day is. And they come from the roots of true punk rock. That was one of the things, like, when Green Day got signed, you know, people like me that were fans forever... Yes, I was one of those obnoxious kids that was so mad that Green Day, I had to share Green Day with the rest of the world. I could not believe it. When Green Day was getting played on MTV, it was like a surreal moment. I could not believe that this band that was on Lookout Records, like the most punk rock, the the label that Operation Ivy was on, like the band that gave way to everything, Rancid. I mean, you know, without Op Ivy, there's no Rancid, there's no Green Day, there's there's nothing. I mean, there's no definitely no Blink-182. So last night, Green Day actually paid tribute to their former label mates in Operation Ivy, and they played the song Knowledge, the song. Which old school ska punk rock kids, they got to love it. It was really fun. I I, I want to say thanks to everybody who stopped me and said hi. You know, I always appreciate when you guys do that. It was absolutely 150% amazing to be back with the people. And Randy, the the only thing that would have made it better oh, is if you were there. What a night. I wish I could have been there. It sounded great. I thought I had to have like some COVID test. If I had a, a dollar for <sighs> every time that somebody said, I wish Randy was here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Man, I wish I was too, guys. Like big time. Yeah, we could all afford to park in James's front yard. Look at that. <laughs> so, thanks to everybody who sat through the stories. That was a lot of fun. What a, well, what a great I wanted to concert. bring that to you this morning. Uh, it's weird in the middle of Corona. You get it's going to be weird to say one of the last concerts without having to show vaccination cards and stuff. Like, but yeah, weird. 
Yep. I liked it. I didn't get to go because uh, I thought you had to show all that and I didn't have any of that. But <laughs> I could have gone. I feel bummed. I know. I'm sorry. So the next one's like, you, you do have to have all that other stuff. You do. Yeah. Okay. But you'll be good for the next time. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting, I make sure I get back so I don't have to worry about the concert we're hosting at the Smoke Out. Yep. And tickets on sale right now at uh, axs.com right now if you want right. to grab tickets. No problem. And now, all right, I'm listening. The three things you need to know before you go. Federal mask mandate on airplanes, buses, school buses, etc. That was set to expire next month, but it's being extended now until at least January 2022. So uh, everyone who travels over the holiday, etc., you definitely will need a mask uh, in the airports and on your airplane. Uh, if you're traveling by train, uh, bus, etc., uh, so that will all uh, that's going to stay in place, that mask mandate through at least January of next year. Uh, also in L.A., uh, they just enacted a mask mandate if you are at an outdoor concert or a sporting event that's outdoors. So the mask mandate now doesn't just cover indoor events, but outdoor events as well. Where is this? L.A. Okay. We're so yeah. far away from them. Yes. I, I'd be moving out right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so like everyone else was. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like it started there, the indoor mask mandate, and it kind of spread across the country with the Delta variant. So uh, I don't know. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. Did you guys say like something new? <laughs> Stop. Just mask Take on. that mask off. No. <laughs> All right. Welcome to California. Remember back in the day when the reporters kept their masks on on TV? And yeah. it was like, what are you saying? It made me want to what moon them. What are you doing? Them. Just moon them. <laughs> I can't you know understand. what I mean? I want to show you something as ridiculous as you're showing me right now. We had to make a return at the mall last weekend, and the girl behind the um, register was really soft-spoken and had to wear a mask and not understand a single word she said. I'm like leaning in so close that I'm definitely spreading COVID if I have it. That's... <laughs> what's happening here do you guys think i'll ever moon anyone again i mean like you know i'm, I'm 41 and it just kind of hit me i kind of got a little sad i was kind of like is my mooning are i was a good mooner like i've mooned out the window of a moving car now you can only moon now i know randy. randy has two which is way more impressive because that's a lot more to get in the window yes. <laughs> yeah i got in trouble a lot yeah. on school buses not anymore though no because i don't ride a school bus on school buses yeah, but you don't moon either i don't moon you're right you're right i don't moon no so i don't think i'm <sighs> that was like a sporting like when we'd go like to our sporting events yeah. and like you're cracking up with all your friends back there and you're like oh the old devil's eyeball you're... right at your buddy when he walks around the corner okay, so i don't think it goes unexpected. that deep so so my buns are so big that you don't even see anything and and you know it's like all bun it's all bun it's uh, like an absolute what are the the, looked, the bow what are they called bows like boas those little dumplings yeah that's what they look like it's like two virginia hams i, was gonna say, I, I looked down no, into the canyons virginia one time and i like lost my stomach <laughs> where in your friends no like you know how like eyeball? you feel the drop yeah no in your oh. buns in oh like yeah. g-force with yeah. the G-Force it's just a, it's, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> Back to you, Kelly. Okay. If you feed your dog sport mix dog food, you need to stop immediately. The FDA is warning that Midwestern Pet Foods Incorporated products have been associated with the illness or deaths uh, of... 
Wow. Over 300 dogs. There have been 130 dog deaths, 220 dog illnesses after eating sport mix or pro pack foods. So sport mix. I mean, do you eat anything called sport mix? Mm. Why would you give that to your dog? I don't know. I mean, it sounds kind of like, hey, I want my dog to be sporty. Yeah, Why not I mean, sport like, mix? Did they try to get your dog in the European league? Yeah. I mean, like, what are we doing? I feel like <laughs> they sprinkled like powdered Gatorade in there or something. Mm. A sports mix. Well, yeah, right. That's what it sounds yeah. like. There's uh, like EPO what, in there. I mean, what is in there? The problem is uh, why they're recalling it and why these dogs are all dying is because they are uh, getting an unsafe level of aflatoxin which is a byproduct of mold so wherever they produce this dog food they have all these violations apparently mold you, violations are you talking about the or sport something. ingredient yeah the sport ingredient aflatoxin so these dogs are either getting very ill or dying so sport Yikes. mix dog food or pro pack dog food they're dry foods uh, stop feeding those to your dog immediately. Oh, you didn't want to have a basic ass dog. Did yeah. had had the sporty sport dog. Sporty dog. Okay, Loper. Okay, so listen to this. When we lived in the house when we first moved here, we were renting a house in yeah. Dublin, and we knew there was mold growing in the basement. We said, "Hey, there's mold growing in the basement," and they came and they fixed the problem. I think. What can you really fix? They like painted over it. So I continuously get worse and worse with my bronchial issues. Okay. I already have asthma, but like to the point where now Loper had to buy me a nebulizer machine. We don't realize the severity of the mold until we move to our new house. I've never once used a nebulizer in my new house. Not once. And by the way, before you buy that, it doesn't vaporize weed. That's, doesn't. I know it sounds cool, but it's, that's not what it's for. I had to take, when I went to visit uh, Matt and Colleen in Colorado, yeah. I had to bring my machine with me. I, I wouldn't even think about that machine now, this many years later. That's how severe the mold was. And can you imagine that? Well, that's, yeah, that's People still figures. rent that like, house. You know, she didn't have to, all of a sudden we move houses and literally like the next week, it's like a relic of the past. Yep. And you, you tell me what's different. I mean, yep. yeah, it's kind of I apparent, mean, right? insane. To, yeah. I was like, remember when Knox had that wheeze when he was like a little? And we were like, why? I guess he must have asthma like me. We get to the new house, he's never wheezed one time. We used to call him Little Wheezy. We called him Little Wheezy. Oh, no. He's never wheezed I'm once. I'm glad you're out of there, but oh I feel my bad God. for the new tenant, for the other tenant. Me too. What do you do? Just leave him a note in their mailbox. Hey, I want to make sure the kids don't have complexes. So I, you know, I made fun of something that was going on with them health wise. You get it, right? Yeah, I get it. That's okay. that's it's how not you... very, it's, it's not it sounds very so mean. I don't understand. Yeah. Don't work. <laughs> so we called him Little Wheezy, obviously. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about Carrie Underwood really quickly. Apparently, she liked an anti-mask tweet from conservative commentator Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh posted a video of his speech at a recent Nashville school board meeting where he spoke out against what he called the cruel and indefensible mask mandate for children. He called it child abuse to make children wear masks. Carrie Underwood, who's, uh, what does she have, two kids? Uh, anyway, she lives in Nashville, so this does apply to her, you know, her whole area. Uh, and if you look at her likes, uh, she did like that video, which who cares? Who cares? It's her freedom to be able to like or not like a mass mandate. Who gives a crap? But apparently a lot of people do. In fact, this one person tweeted, I just deleted all of Carrie Underwood's songs from my Spotify. I'm not supporting that. Hashtag wear a mask. Good. Uh, hashtag, I want to put a mask on your entire body and roll you down a hill. That'd be funny. Okay, it would be funny. And I would watch that. So Matt Walsh tweeted... 
Then after she's getting all this crap about liking his tweet, he tweeted, Carrie Underwood liked my video and now the mob is coming for her. She should know better than to like something that they don't like. This is an unforgivable sin. Oh, my God. Cancel that lady with the Taliban at the immediately Twitter. Uh, <laughs> they so, want to cancel the Taliban. So. Uh, Matt, yeah, but, maybe like a Taliban tweet or something like that. You're so brave. Well, we'll see how so what happens because she hasn't tweeted in five days. I checked this morning. Oh, boy. And you almost expect her to come out and say, hey, uh, that my Twitter account was out of my hands or I was hacked. Or, maybe I she'll mean, do an apology like John Cena did to China. Do you remember how embarrassing that was when John Cena... In Mandarin, apologize to China for offending them. How about if she just stood up and owned her like? I would like Carrie Underwood for that if she did it. Even though she was mean to me when I Even though she was mean, that might go a little bit of a Mm -hmm. ways uh, for me, you know, uh, coming back around on Carrie Underwood. I do not like the cancel culture, so I'm I'm on her side, even though she was mean to me. I want to maintain. And her publicist had to write me an apology letter. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's fine, though. I was going to maintain she sucks because she was rude to Randy. Right. That's true. Um, Did anyone know that she was mean to me? But that's fine. Yeah, no, none of us like her because of that. But right. I, I'm, I'm. If she does come out and own this, I am going to have a little more respect for. Should her. Should I actually tweet to her since she's on Twitter and I'm never on Twitter anymore? I should be like, hey, remember that one time you were not nice to me? But I, I agree with you to, the, to right now. I should bring it up because I wonder if she remembers. I'll fist fight her dad if I ever see him. How will you? <laughs> I will. I love how her dad, honorable, honorable man, over how about her husband, that guy in the, the hockey face. player, him husband. too. I'll punch him, him too. <laughs> I like to punch Thank him in the man. face. Not in the car though, because I've changed. I don't know if I told you. That's I've changed right. In the car, not on the road. You're yep. way nicer now. I'll let him have a pass if I'm on the road. Okay, <laughs> those are your three things. <laughs> So, guess who's coming to Fortnite? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's coming to Fortnite? Yeah, Wonder Woman is coming to Fortnite. So, uh, you know, DC Comics going to unleash Wonder Woman. Also, uh, it looks like the Amazon warrior princess goddess will uh, join Superman, Batman, The Flash, Aquaman, all who have uh, appeared. And so I guess there's going to be some other cool... uh, appearances uh, to come from dc as well but you can get the wonder woman skin uh, i believe like asap i'll have to go home and see if i have any charges from Jaden on my uh, account <laughs> wow i uh he's you- still into fortnite he still rocks it does he yeah yeah he's he, you know it's not like it used to be but i think uh he's he still likes to play so we need cyborg and green lantern yeah so i'm watching titans and you can see, is Cyborg in that show? He is, right? I do not know. Man, so that's a good show. Even though I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the characters right this second, right. I'm just telling you, we started watching a few episodes on, it's on HBO Max, mm-hmm. originally in, uh, t- uh, intended for TNT. They pulled the plug at TNT, and then when HBO acquired all of the DC stuff, okay, they then greenlit the project. Then they made it themselves. Greenlit it like Green Lantern. There you go. Okay, so it is a good series. It is. So if your kids watch Teen Titans, it's all the same characters. Just it's way. It's a real show. It's way. You know, not for the kids. You're gonna love. That's the only reason I felt like I knew what was going on about the characters because I've watched Teen Titans with our kids, so I know who you know all all the all these little people are. Star Force. Star Force for sure. That's Mackenzie's favorite. She loves Star Force. Uh, what about what about uh, Raven? 
Yeah, Raven so she's kind of like the star of the show, and then uh, along with Robin, it's that's who Knox loves. Knox loves yeah. Robin. That's his favorite. I'm like, so you there's are two. Robin. Uh, there's two Robins, right? Uh, the one that we talked about the other day that uh, came came out bisexual in the comics, right? We had that story, and so that's not the Robin we're talking about. This Robin is Dick Grayson, and he is the Robin that after Batman adopted him after his family died at the circus. So that Robin eventually gets older and then has like a classic teen moment moment with, you know, his adopted dad, Bruce Wayne, where he's like, Batman, you are restricting my superhero prowess, bro. I'm going to a new city. Okay. So Robin leaves and tries to go off on his own. And yeah, so that's that's where they that's where they they split up the Robin stories. So that's where you join Robin in this story. And he is, you know, in the first episode, full costume. There's Raven, three Raven full joins, seasons. Yeah. Raven joins because she's getting those uh, those premonitions of Robin, you know. Yeah. So Raven has the devil inside of her. Like, that's what, you know, the, in the comics, like she is like in the in the uh, TV show. But she's a good person. She has the the uh, the shadow lord, the so lord of possessed. the shadows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you ask the kids like who's in Raven, it, it, she'll say the lord of the shadows <laughs> or something like that. And so like uh, they don't see the devil in the cartoon. But in the show, it is like, Rick, you're going to like this one. I know I've turned you on to a couple shows and I keep saying, watch this one, watch them. This is one of the those that you get a lot of episodes with it. You know, it's three seasons, so if you like it... Right. Yeah, and what I've been reading online without spoilers is the writing gets better as the seasons go on. Because, you know, I will admit, maybe the first episode's kind of slow. It does pick up, though. And there's a and there's a couple of superheroes oh, that you Star meet. Starfire, we're totally saying What did wrong. I say? I don't know what you Star said. Force? Star Force. You yeah. know why? Because it's Starfire, the Force of Evil or something. My kid, Mackenzie watches that, too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the other one. Listen, we're something. inundated, guys. Yeah, you have no idea. But thanks for correcting us. Too much TV. Yeah, don't let me sound stupid for too long. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, anyway, so uh, so what is it? Starfire, right? Starfire. All right. Yeah, I think it's a cool show. It's Titans on HBO Max. Check it out. And comic book freaks, check out uh, Wonder Woman. You know, just because you think she's sexy, that's the only reason you're going to play as her. Unless you're a girl, and then you can get in there and kick some ass on all kinds of guys. That's kind of fun, right? I like Wonder Woman. She's a fun character. All right, so yeah. yeah, you originally brought up Fortnite with her on it. Um, also, another female is coming to Fortnite. We talked about it last week. August 7th, Ariana Grande is Stop playing it. a concert. Hey, guys! Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, has Laura Croft ever been in Fortnite yet? I don't think so. That sounds cool, though. That would be cool, right? I wonder if they would ever do something like that. How about Zelda? Zelda? Where's Link? Depends on the gaming company. Right, but who did uh, Fortnite? No, so like, uh, it's all PlayStation, right? Well, no, there's gaming companies that make the games mm-hmm. for the systems. Like EA know? Sports and you're, stuff you're like right. that. You're in it way deeper than me. Like EA I'm Sports looking. games, that's like its right. own brand. It does not have any consoles. Yeah, Rick's way on the internet, like deep. Like, oh, I belong to deep. I belong to one message board like for years. It's an MMA thing, and that's it. But Rick, like, you know, he met his whole family that way. So Fortnite is from uh, Epic Games. When are they bringing P- Princess Peach to Fortnite? That was that would be Randy cool. would play. Right? See, I don't it think is. they would ever do. Well, yeah, you, you could play that on Nintendo now. You could play it on the Wii, right? Or not on the Wii. What's the What's Switch? Switch, yeah. yeah. Fortnite on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. It's true. Man, the people that have the the stuff modded out, like where they have all their games on Steam, 
and yeah. and then you could play like with uh, Zizi, our photographer. Her son has the set up, man. He's got all those games on Steam, like mm-hmm. from Nintendo sixty four. He's got a controller, and he plays it on the PC. Yes, and just has it modded out. I'm like, don't show my oldest son or my wife this <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, I lose him for hours. That's all. Randy walks around. I want a. a a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo. That's I'm all like, I want is a Super NES. I go, and then when we get it, and you play it for a weekend, and then right. what, what are we going to do with it? We'll but, keep it forever, but I do want it to play for a weekend. I mean, you know what? Making the joy it would bring you makes me want to get it. For I you. hope you will. I've been waiting for it. Um, I own ten cartridges, and so I'm waiting to put them into a Super Nintendo. But you got to give me one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you drive a hard bargain. What about Tim Sweeney, man, the owner of Epic Games? Can you imagine how much money he's raking in, guys? They just, uh, as of yesterday, they just raised their valuation to $29 billion. Are they the Pokemon? No. Is that Epic? Ooh. I can't remember. I don't know. He's He himself is worth $7.5 billion. But yeah, the Epic Fortnite Games game is, is twenty nine billion. I want to say Fortnite kind of did they not put them on the map? Fortnite, no? Rocket League, Grand Theft okay. Auto, oh, GTA. Yeah, I mean oh. Metro, yeah, Jurassic so World, into GTA now too. Like he, I see him playing that every once in a while, and uh, the Call of Duty, whatever the latest Call of Duty is. I did not. Oh, do you know? Do you know about uh, the Sweeney guy? It's interesting. So he's fifty years old. Bukus of money, you know, touting the large one of the oh my God. most you know played gaming catalog right now. Um, he's in the biggest battle of the company's thirty-year history. Epic is suing Apple and Google in a legal challenge that could remake the future of digital economy. Do you have a gamer handicap, Rick? Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is wild. Well, what they're suing about is in-game purchases that Apple used to make. Or Apple makes you buy through them your in-game purchases. Yeah, and the, uh, this Epic guy is like, no, uh-uh, yeah, I'm going to do it on my own. I want you to right. buy from us. But that's been a thing with them for a while. Like what Randy's reporting, like you know, that's like the battle between Apple and Epic. Yes. And remember, they kept them out of the the store for a while. Like yeah. you couldn't play Fortnite yep. on your iPhone for a while. Yep, that was why. Yeah, but also I think the anyway it used to be like this when that first came out. Do you remember everyone reporting that like the people that were playing Fortnite on your actual phone, you were lagging to yes. people that were playing it on yeah. console or PC, PC especially. Like they were just killing everyone because it's so much faster. Yeah, he doesn't like that Apple and Google get a 30% cut of all revenue being made on everyone's apps. And so he's like, "Mm -mm, you're not getting my 30%. And he wants it. Man, the gaming has changed so much. It is cool, though. Oh, it has. Very cool. Shout out. (laughs) Hey, what's dude's name in Hilliard? Uh, What's that place? Game Arena. Yeah, shout out to that guy, man. You know, I'm glad they made it through Corona. Now, see, when we go, like, if we go over there to play in a Rocket League tournament and you want to use, you know, your car and the way you've designed it and everything, you log into Steam to get your stuff okay. there at Game Arena. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you use you it. You do. ZZ's uh, son is deep. Uh, he's balls deep in that, man. Like, I couldn't believe how many games he has on that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. had no idea what a Steam was. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> just gives you access. We like came down on Jaden when Jaden was so young. I feel so bad now because like, Randy and I were like, "What's Steam? What do you put on the computer?" We had no idea what it was. You know, we were just worried that the, you know he was a kid. He was downloading something, and I'm like, "Steam sounds shady." I'm like, "We got to find Steam. out what that Steam is." Great. Steam sounds like porn. Let's be honest. What are you going <laughs> to put in that folder? Steamy stuff. Yeah. Oh, you think you're getting steamy stuff? No way. Delete. And he's like, "Dad, those were all my games." Oh. Right. Oh my, oh my God. 
I'm just ignorant. I have so, no idea. It, it is interesting. So <laughs> Epic is the one that is, you know, paying for Ariana Grande concert, Marshmallow concert. Uh, they're they're wow. the biggest gaming company in the world now. Yeah, they're paying. They pay to have the Marvel's Avengers and Star Wars to cross over. But it is fun. Games. I mean, my favorite thing, and I say this all the time from cartoons back in the days, like when they would do crossovers. Like when Batman was on Scooby-Doo or something like that. It was so fun, man. So it's interesting that you say that with with the movies because... We got to wrap it up. Oh, I know. But um, Epic also owns Unreal Engine. Yeah. They own that. And they use animation creating scenes for Disney's Mandalorian. Oh, that's cool. So they're all up in that business. My gosh. All right. When we come back... Steve Palmer will join us, give us free legal advice. If you guys want to be uh, in the mix, get on the phone right now. A legal question, 821-9970. That's the number to call or text in your legal question at 99700. We'll take them right after these words. Dial 821-9970. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. Hey, Steve, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Hey, so I got this really weird, uh, and by the way, if anybody wants to get on the line right now to ask any legal question, it's absolutely free. 821-9970. Steve Palmer from Yavich and Palmer on with us each and every Wednesday. Yeah, I got this random email and I, it's kind of open-ended. I, I don't really think, uh, necessarily this applies to anyone, but just a question. If you were to commit a heinous crime and you're, sentences life could you plea for the death penalty you need you mean if you're serving a life sentence could you ask them hey just just kill me instead i guess so yeah yeah like if they say hey yeah you your your sentence is life in prison you're like wait a second here i I would rather have the death penalty can i have a plea uh, to, to try to do that uh probably not uh no there is you can take matters into your own hands if they if you get an opportunity in other words you could uh you could try to kill yourself. But sure. Now, if the law doesn't provide for the death penalty, then you're not going to get the death penalty. That's sort of how it goes. Didn't Timothy McVeigh say he wanted to be put to death, but then he actually was sentenced to death. So that all went yeah, that, well for him, I guess. Yeah, that was an easy one. Uh, that death penalty, <laughs> you know, the death penalty applied to him. So that's uh, that that worked out. I mean, it, it did apply and he was cool with it, or at least that's what I think. Uh, but if you're, if you're convicted of a crime that's life in prison, a lot of times that doesn't necessarily mean life. Sometimes it means like 30 to life, 20 to life, 18 to life, 15 to life. There's different versions of that. But um, if it doesn't carry the death penalty, they're not going to give it to you. All right. We have a question here uh, again via text. Yes. Okay. So this Internet provider has sold me and have been charging me for Internet. Okay. 200. I don't know what this means exactly. 200 for four years. I have an appointment Friday. I was told over the phone that I may live in an area that can't get the 200 speed. All right. I'm oh, supposed like 200 megabytes. I'm maybe. supposed to have 200 and my speed is 29.9 yesterday. It got up to 59.9. Should they be reimbursing me for charging me for something they can't provide? I think, heck yeah, they should be. I mean, if you're paying for a service they're not providing and they knew they couldn't provide it and they signed you up for it, then I'd be making that claim. I'd go back two years, figure out what the difference in the billing was and say, pay up. I feel that. All right, 821-9970, 800 right, uh, question for Steve. What is the statute of limitations on rape charges like the one on Bob Dylan? Oh, yeah, that's a good question, and- actually. Is it Horatio Sands? Yeah, Sands? yeah. Yes. Horatio. 
All right. It, this is an all depends question. Uh, a lot of times the, the statute of limitations is uh, it shifts based on how old the alleged victim was at the time. Sometimes it'll start ticking off uh, when the vi- when the alleged victim reaches the age of majority. Sometimes in other states, I think there are no statute of limitations on that stuff. Uh, it, it has to do in all likelihood with the uh, discovery of the crime and the age of majority of the alleged victim. So I'm not aware of what's going on with Bob Dylan. I guess I've been too tied up on the other news, but if uh, I'd be happy to take a peek at it and I'll, I'll, I'll put some content out either on my website or blog about it. But uh, generally you got to watch out for statute of limitations in cases like that. Uh, they can sneak up on you. They aren't as uh, definitive and obvious as other types of crimes. All right, here's one from Grove City. Uh, the company I work for is requiring my boss to be fully vaccinated against COVID by the end of September or he loses his job. We are not even remotely in the healthcare industry. Is this legal? So he's got to be fully vaccinated or he loses his job. I mean, here's the thing on this. There's lots of legal opinions uh, sort of shifting around out there. You know, on on the far, far extreme, people would say, well, it violates uh, the Nuremberg Code. Or uh, on the other, uh, other extreme, they're saying, well, if it it's completely libertarian. Why should we care what employers do? Just go get a different job. I think this is going to turn more on liability if somebody gets sick uh, or has a problem as a result of the vaccine. Uh, so say the worst case scenario, you're forced to get a vaccine to keep your job. You do that, you get yeah. sick. Um, I think the employers are going to get sued for that. And I think it'll also turn on another issue uh, that comes up quite often in employment type litigation, and that is reasonable accommodations. Is there an accommodation that can be made? In other words, uh, if you're not vaccinated, uh, even taking all their concerns as, as true, uh, can they find a different way for you to work and keep yourself and everybody else safe, even per their restrictions or their uh, beliefs and what's going to happen? So uh, that might be working at home. It might be finding you, uh, you know, the classic office in the basement. It might be uh, some other hybrid of that. But uh, I would start with reasonable accommodations and, and work backward from there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of this litigation coming. And you know, I, I don't know what exactly is going to result from all the vaccinations, whether they're, uh, uh, you know, injecting us with uh, harmful uh, nanoparticles that are used to control us like robots later or whether they're true vaccines that actually work or whether there's something in the middle. I'm guessing there are people who just aren't going to respond well to the vaccine, have side effects that others won't. Uh, and how that shakes out, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't want to be a robot. That's for sure. Jody, what's up? How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning. Uh I had a question. Uh, I work with a, a woman who has an 18-year-old uh, daughter in college, and a few younger girls live in a house up the street from me. And the woman called, uh, worried about her daughter, said that somebody broke in their house. So I went down there to check on them, and I literally caught the person in a uh, a robbery, you know, Kept him there till the law got there and signed a statement saying that I caught her. And we've checked, and the girl and the guy has not been arrested and put in jail, and they actually caught him there. Is there any, like, reason that you could think of of why the why the people hasn't been uh, apprehended? Yeah. So let me see if I understand this. You went over to a friend's house and or somebody's house because there was a tip that there was uh, there was a problem there. You caught burglars in the act and yeah. kept them at bay. How'd you detain the them? Like yeah, like how'd you like what was your method? So I had a club. Oh yeah. And I went in and uh, 
Sick. They went into another room upstairs, and so I I didn't have a, a gun on me, but I just I, I started yelling at him that I was going to start putting holes in the wall. Like, get on out of him. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but, and then, so <laughs> I had them call 911, and uh, I stayed where they couldn't have got down the steps. Mm-hmm. And so the law came and arrested them for, they said the charge was going to be aggravated burglary. I signed a statement, like the girl, like, you know, everything. And I've checked, called down there, and the, the, the two individuals still have not been, uh, I don't even know how they got out after the cops arrested them, put them in the, uh, the cruisers. I feel but, your anger, though, because like you, you feel like you're doing something for your neighborhood. You're out there just trying to be a good guy. You're chasing these bad guys around. Yeah. You're like, I want to see some benefits of this chase. Well, you Where's hate to the be, jail time? You hate to be doing more than <laughs> the people. The like, you're like, I caught him for you. Now yeah. do something. Do what you do. Exactly. What happened, Steve? Yeah. Well, yeah, let I- me just... Look. Let's first make sure you're looking in the right place. I mean, if they were arrested that night, they would have been charged by way of a criminal complaint, probably in the municipal court. I don't know if this happened in Franklin County, but if it did, it would be in the Franklin County Municipal Court. And that's a criminal complaint. You could look it up at fcmcclerk.com and put in the names and see what they were charged with. And then the other thing that's going to happen is soon that would that they, they could get out on bond the next time court convened. And then... They're at some point in the future, if not directly, they will be indicted in common police court. So sometimes there's a gap. Sometimes there's a, a time lapse between when the case is actually dismissed in municipal court and then reindicted in common police court. And it looks like nothing's happening, but it's just in the stack of some prosecutor's office whose job it is to go present these cases to the grand jury. So there may be more going on or at least something going on. Uh, you just we don't know yet. But Start with those searches, and then uh, you know I have lots of clients who are in that that no man's land of not indicted yet. We check twice a week and try to make sure we catch it if and when they do get indicted. And you could do the same with these folks. And the, the the second search, by the way, would happen at the Franklin County Court of Common Police Clerk. So, all right, hey, awesome, thanks, man. I, I, I appreciate the tip. I'll look into that. I, pres- I, uh, I appreciate y'all. Hey, Jody, thanks. I appreciate you listening, thanks, man. Jody. We have a, another listener here on text that needs help. W- what are they saying, Rick? says, I heard that my employer cannot be sued for my actions while at my place of employment if I have a concealed handgun license. Is this true? I'm trying to convince my employer to let us carry on the job. Uh, it, 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 that's like one of those questions. Like, it's such a, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, like, where do you work that at, question. <laughs> You know, it's like, I, I, you know, here's the thing. If you, I've had people call me about uh, their job is cool with it or their employer is cool with it, but they, it, they lease space in a posted building that says they can't even go in the building with a, with a firearm. So those issues get sort of dicey. And now as far as whether the employer could be sued for something you do while at your job with your gun, you know, I think, you know, I could say generally that may be true, but there's probably specifics where uh, it may not be true. And I would, um, I, I guess what I would do is I, w- I would need to know more. And, and there, there are people I work with and even I can help answer this question. It just takes more information than the context of, uh, of this text or this program. So give me a shout, 614-224-6142. All right, Steve Palmer with us each and every Wednesday. Steve, uh, we appreciate you. I know that you are over there like doing a million things. You have a blog, you have a podcast, and everybody can catch up with everything that you're doing, uh, all the content. Uh, which website? 
Well, there's a couple different websites you can go to. If you need any legal help at all, just take out your phone, put the number in, 614-224-6142. But the law firm website, ohiolegaldefense.com, check out the podcast at lawyertalkpodcast.com. Submit questions, give us a shout, and uh, we'll try to get you answered. My guy, Steve Palmer. Thanks so much, brother. Hey, thank you. And now, three things you need to know before you go. Opening statements begin today for R. Kelly in New York. He's accused of sex trafficking women and girls. 54-year-old has been locked up since 2019, awaiting trials in four separate states and federal sex crimes cases. Trial is expected to last up to two months. I have been assassinated. From trapped in the closet to trapped in prison. I'm just telling the truth. His first prisoner was Aaliyah. Mm Mm-hmm. Good riddance. I hope I don't have to hear the name R. Kelly ever again after he's to prison again. We but still enjoy his songs. That's what we learned, right? Only if they're really good hits, because like I don't care about your trapping. The, the remix to Ignition. Okay, that's a good one. That I'm pressure on the kid. Oh, no, no, oh. get him breaking down with a remix. Nah, to make it fair, every hit he has that we love and want to keep, we should be able to cut off a limb of his. Then we're like, fair. Oh, you paid for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> The song's like, it's all sex, guys. It's not surprising. Yeah, he's boning little girls. All right, stop it, Kelly. Oh, I had some good times in the club with this We're song. We're about to go. I mean, R. Kelly's fun. This song is... I don't want to give up this song. Why do I have to suffer because he did something? rum. Why are you turn off? It's the clean version. Oh, oh I thought I, was, I don't know why you can't I say Rick Coke was, and rum, oh, but because it's a drug. Rick, I thought we were in the mix with Me Rick. Too. Like Rick was like about the you know Nelly was going to come on next, like over the beat of R. Kelly. I thought that's what kind of DJ you were for a second. I've noticed like songs now they don't just cut out cuss words; they cut out references to illegal drugs, uh, to guns and violence. I mean, what? They're, they're, Cutting songs so like hip hop songs are silent. Pretty much, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Kelly, get back to you. Uh, okay, uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm going to tell you something else that's going to bug you. Okay, you know how we hate it when people who are so rich decide they're not going to give any of their money to their kids, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just bizarre. It's yeah. just like I don't know what it says. I don't get it, and I'm always like suspicious that there's something else that they get that we're not aware of that makes it okay. That makes everybody look like, oh my god, there's. What? Uh, just pure souls. Uh, the uh, James Bond star Daniel Craig says he finds inherited wealth distasteful. Distasteful. I mean, the disdain I have for wealth is unbelievable. So he has a $160 million fortune, and he is not leaving a penny to his kids. Uh, he has a 29-year-old daughter named Emma with his ex-wife. Uh, he has a 3-year-old daughter with his current wife. And then the daughter brought a 15-year-old son into the relationship. So none of those kids are getting a dime from Daniel Craig when he dies. He says he is going oh. to either spend it or give it away before he dies. That is so insane. I know. Well, Quentin Tarantino, did you see, uh, was he the one who refuses to give his mother yes. any money? That's Quentin Tarantino. Since the age of 12, uh, he got in trouble for writing screenplays during class. And she's like, listen, buddy, you're not going to make it. Cut it out. Listen to class. And he said as a 12-year-old, he vowed to never give her a dime. And he really... There's more there. I think so too. I think so too There's because I would never. Well, do... she's like really statements since then. Since then, she's, she's danced very proud with him. Of him she's and, danced you know. with him at his wedding. He right, said, yeah. and he's very. She she's very proud of him and his oh, wife. Yeah. It's just weird. Him. 
Well, what else? Did, you know, what she? I would say? give her money. Yeah. It makes me like. I well, get it. Think he's weird a little bit well, because at twelve year old you make a promise yeah, okay. and you can't you can't let go of that. Yeah. Like, but there's something come on. else. There's something else. I hope you're still you know. dating the girl you liked at twelve. Then, yeah. unless like you know, there's uh, yeah, unless you don't feel about your mom the way I do. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. it's different, but. I would like to think there's something else there because there absolutely yeah, has he's to my, be. I mean, he's my all time favorite when it comes to directors and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't know. That's just our generation, right? Like him and Kevin Smith. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 what he brought to the game was the dialogue and the pictures that he painted with violence that were, some said unnecessary, but also very necessary, especially in a time like today when we're censoring everything. Mm hmm. We were coming, and most people won't remember this if you're really young, we were coming out of the 1980s, which was a reaction to the 1970s and all of the cultural movement of civil rights and everything else. So the 80s, an overreaction in conservative ways, gave birth to some of the greatest music and art in the 1990s. That's why we had all of the great music that we had, right? I mean, the 90s was way more like the 70s than the 80s. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, come on. I think we can all agree the 80s was a great time, you know? It, it's a fun time to look back upon. It's kind of silly and yeah. the way things got and, you know, the war on drugs and yeah. <laughs> things got more real in the 90s and, and it reflected in in art. It really did in music and real art, uh, visually, everything, you know? Kurt Cobain, Tupac. I mean, think about it. It was such a an incredible time to be alive. Chris Cornell, Biggie. I mean, the absolute rise of what was black culture only in the ghetto came to the suburbs in in gangster rap music. It, it was maybe the most one of the most important decades, and we lived through and didn't realize it. And Quentin Tarantino somehow brought all of that into a script. In every word. There wasn't anything that could be edited after it was already on the screen. Right. It felt like in every conversation in Pulp Fiction is perfect. Yes. You know, we hear stories about people who do this, and I don't know. I, maybe I just don't understand what it's like to be rich, but we've heard, I, I think it was the Gates weren't going to give any money to their kids or whoever it was. But when you think about winning the lottery, I mean, the first thing I think about is everything I would do for my family members right. immediately. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kids and uh, and all fans. Maybe there's like a disconnect know? after a while after I you guess. have so much money. You're like, I've taken these kids everywhere. Yeah, Warren Buffett said he would not give his kids that money, but he said he'd pay for their education. Warren Buffett. Yeah. That's I, I, I mean, I see of. that if you have the lap of luxury, what really makes you want to get out there and get it? If my parents you had know? millions <laughs> of dollars and we're going to give it to oh me God. when they died, yeah. I would be hot under the <laughs> collar. <laughs> you think like Warren Buffett's kids like are like, because. oh, you're going to pay for my education? So will the U.S. military. What else are you bringing to the table? <laughs> because you have cash, man. <laughs> right. Uh, Kat Zingano, 39-year-old MMA fighter, is suing Halle Berry. Uh, back in 2019, Halle Berry asked Kat Zingano to star in her movie called Bruised. It's uh, Halle Berry's directorial debut, uh, and it's going to be released this November on Netflix. Kat agreed, would love to. Halle Berry said, basically, my movie is sort of reflecting a lot of what happened in your life, and I'd love for you to star in it. So Kat Zingano says uh, that the UFC approached her shortly after she agreed to do the movie uh, for a fight. So she says she asked Halle Berry, hey, can I schedule this fight or is this going to interrupt any filming? And Halle Berry said, no, you need to keep your schedule open for this movie. So Kat can't, I said it did not accept the fight from the UFC. The UFC then dropped her after that. So then Halle Berry got a hold of her and said, oh, you can't be in my movie because you're not a current MMA, MMA fighter. 
And she's like, well, you told me to not take that fight. And that's why I'm not a current MMA fighter. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, Halle Berry might be uh, also one of the investors that invested in the UFC. I I can't remember if she was one of the celebrities. I think she is. Kat Zingano's story is terrible. Uh, Mauricio, her husband, who was uh, a really well-known black belt and, and God rest his soul, he took his own life at his gym. I mean, it was like tragic. Like Matt trained with Mauricio a lot. Uh, my buddy Mark Beecher. Did uh, they have a child together? They too? were out there. Yeah. Uh, I sad. mean, it was so. It was like 2014, I think. Like before Matt moved out to uh, Denver permanently for a couple of years. But I mean, Kat is such a sweet lady, and she was such a trooper through all of that. She had to pick up all. He, you know, left behind a gym. And, you know, you think that that, so he was her head coach and she went on to fight after that, you know, I mean, it, I believe she fought Ronda Rousey after that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it makes me like feel emotional because she was so strong through all of that. Like the, the, the idea that anybody would do her wrong anymore in her life, like it is outrageous, you know, and that's too bad that the UFC cut her, but you know, they, they have to do, they have a policy, man. If you pass up a fight like that and they need you, I, they're pretty cutthroat about it. Obviously you can see that, but I mean, she started out at eight and oh, I mean, she was like the first ever woman to get a TKO in the UFC. I, she got fight of the night first, uh, her and, uh, Misha Tate during their fight. I mean, Katzengana was the highest of the high level at, at one time. And life dealt her a tough hand, man. You know, so I wish her a lot of luck. Uh, I don't blame her for suing if that's exactly how things went down. <laughs> right on, Because right? you can't tell somebody to clear their schedule. And when they clear it and get dropped from the UFC, then you punish them for that. That is crazy. Uh, Zingano is now signed with Bellator. And yeah. uh, says, look, I was relying on this movie for money. I was really, you know, this my whole career was sort of altered in a big financial way after she was dropped from the movie. So, yeah, she's never had anything like that. You know, like, so she's not like a movie star where she just go on to the next role or whatever. Yeah. And you could see, like, uh, with her other job, they didn't like that she wasn't available to work. So, I mean, yeah, you would think that hopefully she has a, a pretty leg to, to stand on in that uh situation yeah you you lose everything man yeah yep um and she oh she also said she had been talking with Halle Berry over the whole situation but then Halle Berry cut off all contact hey even with uh, even swordfish withstanding mm -hmm. you're losing her you're losing cool points Halle Berry okay (laughs) even with all your contributions to my life all right again if you want to see the movie bruised you can see it on Netflix at the end of November those are your three things do you like big stars? Well, here it is. All the news and the gossip. She's going to clue you in on current events and weird stuff on the intern. Here it comes. Randy's rear end. Hey, Rand, so I just posted up some videos from last night's Green Day concert on my Instagram. All right, I have to check those out because I was unable to attend. I know, I hate it. I'm you sorry. did not need to be vaxxed or have a COVID test to attend, and I thought I did. You're so mm. lucky. I know. Congratulations. I am half-vaxxed. That happened because the smoke out. It's not going to happen to me again, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to lose out on our entertainments or any traveling. No more entertainments lost. It's going to just make it easier for me. <laughs> um, here's a shortage today. We started school in Dublin. A lot of you, I know, are starting tomorrow and on and on and on. Well, there's a school bus driver shortage all over the country. I thought you were going to say corn dogs. Thank God. No, corn dogs. We still got those. We got those. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh needs 400 bus drivers. 
A school district in Nevada is handing out two grand in bonuses to new drivers. Hmm. Delaware, uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, they're offering to pay parents $700 if you agree to pick your kids up and take them to school all year. 30% of the parents of that school have already signed up for it. Wow. Pretty, pretty good. That's pretty well, wild. they got to pay more than 10 bucks an hour. Right. Okay. So I went back and the sign said 18 Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. See oh there? God, it, mm-hmm. You got them to raise it. That's so funny. The sign. <laughs> <clears throat> I took a picture of it because I was like, what? Well, I mean, good for them. Yeah. You know, you should pay good money if you want your people to be safe. Oh my kids, your man. children. Yeah. children yeah. yeah. Rick, your kids are like 30, but I well, get no, it. Well, no, but I mean, yeah. I had my your kids rolled right a school place. bus. My just kids rolled a school I know, bus. But people will call the police if your kids were in a school bus no. today. Hey, people at McDonald's making more than the school <laughs> bus driver? Come on. No, you're absolutely right. You're totally right. All right, guys. I feel your pain. Once a parent, always a parent. Although you should make a lot if you have to work at McDonald's. Adidas just <laughs> came out with. The Ned Flanders shoe from The Simpsons. I... Oh, that's awesome. They've had, like, everyone else has a shoe. Lisa, Bart's had a shoe. That's right. Even the dogs and cats. Homer. Yeah, Marge. Because Mackenzie has these slides, these Simpson slides. Yep. And was she... it Christmas? It was the name of the dog? Um, okay. No, God. No, it's the Happy dog. Happy New Year and Christmas? No, 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 no. Hold on. Santa's Little Helper. Santa. Yeah. Okay, well, it was yeah. far off. That was the groundhog they rescued. Groundhog. Greyhound. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, Ned Flanders. Okay, back to him. They are having a Ned Flanders shoe. They're going to base it off the episode when Flanders failed. You know, the one where Ned opened up a left-handed store called the Leftorium. Whoa. All right, so this box has Ned holding up a left-handers rule sign. They're going to cost you 130 bucks. They're modeled after his wardrobe, green sweater, pink-collared shirt, and khakis. Well, the sneakers are olive green on the sides, brown suede detail, and pink ankle lining. Oh, they no, look with the dope. brown suede, huh? They look dope. I want a pair October 3rd. They go on sale for the 30th anniversary of that episode. Ooh-ooh. And again... 130 bucks. I like that. The Simpsons. I mean, that's kind of steep, but it's, you know, I don't like that price. Right, I know. What you going to do? You want to rock the Ned Flanders? You got to pay a little. Oh, you want the Flanders, huh? You got to pay the money, huh? You got to come off $150. Smackers. Schmackaroons. Well, if your kids want to buy those Flanders, they better get a good job. Or they could just teach children in school how to handle money and avoid debt, right? A new poll asked 1,500 people if personal finance should be taught in schools. Almost everyone said yes, 83%. Definitely yes. 9% said maybe. I don't know. 8% said they think it's a bad idea. I think those are the wealthiest people. Well, here's They're like, the f- don't teach them anything. <laughs> the first rule about doing anything is, you know, you don't have to be great at doing said thing to be able to teach it. <laughs> okay. Right, 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 yeah, you right. can convey all the finer points and never, ever actually act upon any of that advice. Okay. So I guess, you know, whoever can download that information and teach that information would then be the greatest. Well, think about our school right now in Dublin. They do not teach cursive. So Jaden had to sign his uh, license. He, it, it looks insane and funny. And like, he's like, oh my gosh. Well, I know, like, uh, the private school, like St. Bridget, they are teaching cursive. Oh. Isn't that interesting? So I know a couple of students went over there during the pandemic, and they came back because they were like, we're so far behind in cursive. Like, we can't even... Mother, they're writing in another text. I don't know this text. What is this text? Cursive handwriting. They had to come back. Is this of the ancients? (laughs) Right? These are the people that used to live here. 
So I don't understand because when I was in high school, um, we had cons- it was called consumer math. That yeah. was the name of the class, and that's where we learned that we learned we learned about checking accounts they and how they worked. And, all, and my but my son also did when he was in high school. He had the same class. Oh, really? So they've gotten rid of that. That's I mean that's I like that basic class. life skills. It that is, is something you should definitely. I agree teach with that. People. That's a disservice oh yeah, for the government. We're going to government schools not to teach you. I mean, maybe that's what they want. <laughs> yeah, don't dumbing make, us down. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, here's a really expensive school you can go to you too. Guys aren't uh, careful. People are going to start thinking of public schools as like the big lots of schools. Well, you don't know what you're going to find there. Sometimes it's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes it's awesome. I Most agree. Of the time it's like whatever. I didn't I, really need this. I met some of the elementary school teachers yesterday. Loved them. Absolutely loved them. I, well, you know what? On behalf of Randy, it was great to meet you guys. Yep. Loper was there in spirit. He told the children. Did you tell them about me? Like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I had really great Green Day tickets, and I would like to have been there. I was like, yeah, Dad's too busy. He's working. He works I was a lot. working. I mean, I couldn't have brought all these great stories back. Knox was like, is he golfing? No, I'm like, no, he's really working this time. Oh, my God. Because they know, like, you know. <laughs> is he golfing? The, well, once the game goes, uh, <laughs> you know, in the right direction, I'll probably be on a tour. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, it's going to be really sad when that happens. But here's the thing. <laughs> I was invited to play in a tournament coming up. Uh, when is it? Monday. It's uh, next Monday, right? Correct. Yeah. Jeff from Oh, Myers. really? Yeah, it's a Papa John's tournament mostly. Yeah. yeah so. It sounds exciting. I know. Where's I wish I was invited. Uh, Medallion. I, Medallion. Oh, okay. Cassie's dad's a member over there. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. You ready for a tournament? Yep. All right. I love it. Here's what he's ready for. You get 150 bucks to spend in the gift shop at the pro golf shop. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff hired a guy from the uh, Columbus Dispatch to come with us to write a whole story about my golf game. Oh, okay. my God. He's going to be off. our fourth. Oh, he just works at the Columbus Dispatch. But regardless, it's probably what he's there for. Stop it. To write about my storied game. Maybe your wardrobe. What's you that? You look great out there. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. All right, $7 store items that are cheaper elsewhere, guys. Don't get gotten <laughs> <laughs> by the Dollar General or the Dollar Store. Scott brand toilet paper. All right, a single roll of the Dollar Tree costs about 2 bucks. Or 30 cents more than at Target, all right? Old Spice deodorant. Well, you know what? Are shrimp cheaper at Target? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a recall on those. But the same shrimp are sold at, are you ready? Whole Foods. No. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what's so that, wild. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's what's so wild about you those wild me, shrimp. You charge me more over there uh-huh. mm-hmm. for the same salmonella, same Target shrimp. Yeah, I was like, I was just at Nordstrom, and now I'm in a grocery store. It's Target shrimp in a fancier coat. I know. Same salmonella right. though. Yep. Like, I couldn't afford salmonella? anything at yeah, the last salmonella. store. Now I can't afford anything in this store. Where the hell am I? <laughs> Old Spice deodorant. You can get it cheaper at Walmart or Costco. They said. All right, Sharpies, a buck at the dollar store, 80 cents at Walmart. What? Crest toothpaste, 40 cents an ounce versus 25 cents an ounce at Target. (laughs) Cereal, go to Walmart. That's why I started buying toothpaste by the eighth. It's 17 cents cheaper at Walmart by the eighth. I'm like an eighth of... Okay, ramen noodles. I know a lot of people like ramen noodles. I know my kids love those, all right? Specifically the chicken flavor. That's why it's always sold out, especially during the pandemic. They do not want the beef. They do not want the pork. Mm-mm. Definitely don't want the seafood. No. They want that chicken, all right? 20 cents an want ounce. the chicken. Versus 17 cents at Target. Where that poultry at? So Target's almost... <laughs> Equal or better than Walmart. And a lot of these, it's Target that has the cheapest price, except for the cereal, Walmart, and yeah, Sharpies. Target's all cheap because they're selling you, like, poison shrimp. That's why. Target. Oh, no, thanks, man. Yeah, the Target's on your back. Watch out, guys.
uh, laundry detergent, ten cents an ounce, or nine cents an ounce at other stores. It's I getting rough that was out there in the streets, man. With Target's got a, <laughs> a target on you, you know. That's right. Um, Spirit Airlines started to charge people for carry-ons in 2010. You know, a lot of people it comes free. You get to carry on a carry-on because uh, you didn't come to the airport to hold all your goods. His name is Knox. In your hands. <laughs> We call he's not him a care, he's a human. No, we have to pay for a seat now for him. Um, so the Wall Street Journal just did a big story on this company, MCR Development. They own over 100 large hotels around the country. Okay. They're the fourth largest hotel operator in the U.S., actually. So a dozen of their hotels now charge 25 bucks to use the pool, 20 bucks to check in early, 20 bucks to check out late. Now those are added on if you want those. Um, additional fee to use the gym. Usually you can say... Is there a say, fee I can pay 20 bucks to punch the manager in the face uh, for charging me to use the gym? That'll cost you an entire stay. <laughs> no, like, right? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, of course I want to use the pool. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, oh, you know hey, what? Do you want to use the bed? Did you you want to use this bed? That's twenty bucks. You know what I like it is when it's in the winter and I'm I'm not don't charge you for that effing pool. I'm not going to get in it. Oh, did you you wanted to use the toilet? I didn't know we'll unlock it for you for a fee. So you used to be able to call the front desk and say, "Hey, can I get a late checkout? Yeah. Like at twelve o'clock because it's usually what ten a.m. and they they'll say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, twelve o'clock. That's the latest." At some like I remember, is it Hilton's? They they say like two or three. They charge you like fifty bucks. Yeah. All right. Um, I, you don't know until the first time you get charged for a half a day of stay, and you're like, what? I know. I'm yeah. like, I'm just lazy. I wasn't even in here. Yeah. Okay, so what about the hotel we were staying at? They just sent an email over saying, hey, do you want to check out late, like at 6 p.m.? I'm like, 6 p.m.? What is that going to cost? They said normally $300. I'm like, you mean another night stay? Yeah. They're like, but we'll give it to you for $199. Oh. $200 if you want to check out at 6. I'm like, no, we're good. We'll check out at 10 but you ever do the you got your bags all day move like and you're like everywhere with your bags and then you don't realize how much useless crap that you're packing and you're like <laughs> going everywhere with all your and then somebody's like hey man for 200 bones right now you can just get back in this put all those bags in there get in your swimsuit and enjoy the pool oh for the next gosh. six hours you're like you know what two hundred dollars means nothing to exactly. me actually I'll I feel sell you. blood when I get home here you go when you feel like crap that morning you're leaving and your yes. flight's not till later and so you're either hanging out at the airport you're like I will gladly pay what is it all right cool to stay here when you are walking with all your belongings in said city you know what I mean like it doesn't matter if that's all your belongings on earth if those are all your belongings in that city okay right and you're there's a certain level of vulnerability you know what I mean because even if you got in some kind of tussle where you had to like save your lady's life your clothes are still over there to fend for themselves like what if somebody else comes and grabs my board short you know I'm just saying so I know that what you're saying... Vulnerability. And I know that we both said we would pay whatever just if we're feeling that way. But I'm letting you know we're not going to pay that on vacation. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's going to get pricey taking six people around. There are like 150 companies out there that are set up to suck every single dime out of America. Uh-huh. Just every penny they can just turn us all upside down and shake every mm-hmm. dime out of us. Well, it just is. like when you have one thing. I mean, like, you know, they're ready. Hey, so, uh, you know, the next tier is available to you. Oh, I didn't know there's another tier. <laughs> time, time, but I got a buster ass tier. There's some better stuff going. What, what's going on up there? <gasps> I know they must have sent me. Honestly, not only did they send me the six o'clock for two hundred dollar deal, they sent me twelve different deals. Like honestly, yeah. they're like, oh, do you want to get uh, one of those rooms that because you? Because then that's that's like uh, that's a that's a marketing technique. So then you feel out of all of those, now you have to choose. Yeah, I do. There's I feel no like, more man, just saying no. 
You, you mm-hmm. like you have to choose because you the, the mind it's it's a trick of the mind. Yeah, I'm like let me look at these actually. Yeah. There's twelve of them. One of these I might want. No, it's you're not a absolutely yes or no, right. It's a which one. It beca- it goes from a yes or no to a which one. And there's some like you can upgrade to uh, like the next best room, and it has like an extra bed, say, or a, you know a better balcony mm-hmm. for forty bucks. Versus the room was. Would have been if you want to upgrade an extra two hundred or something. So you're like, okay, for forty five, I could get you know. Then you start like, I know, justify. I'm like, I was, I was good with my room, perfectly content. I was completely fine. Yeah. Why are you showcasing me? S three months about all the stuff I had. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now I feel like I don't have any of these twelve items. Yeah. And uh, yeah, damn it, I just don't need to open my email. Guess I'm gonna walk around with wet hair all week and I'm a hair dryer for fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> if I could have paid ten dollars more and had a hair dryer the whole week. Damn it. I want to go to the dollar store and get ripped off. Right? There's the (laughs) wet-ass hair guy from the third floor. Before I get on to what's on TV tonight, how about uh, the Netflix movie Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed will premiere next Wednesday, Lope. We will be on vacation. What does he do? Like, Bob Ross, his story's from the streets. So... All we know is that he has that gentle joy of painting. Oh, no, Bob Ross killed people. Didn't didn't Bob Ross kill people? No, I know. I thought he was like in the military. Yeah, Bob Bob Ross, it might be a certified killer. Let's decide. Maybe there's a happy tree, evergreen tree. He lives right there. Start with just touching the canvas. Yes. Use just the corner of the brush, just the corner. And begin pushing, making the bristles bend slightly oh, downward. Can you pause it for one second? His son does this now. You know that, that, right? Bob the, Ross Jr., he yeah. is now taking over his so home. So what making I got from that accidents. was cut straight down the chest cavity, and then you <laughs> gently like pull it wide open and rip the guy's heart out. That's what I got from that. That's I guess like they're... So violent, Bob Ross. I, I don't know. It, there's rumors that he's some evil scumbag behind the scenes. No. I don't know. But like, if you go into Blick, which I have to say, we are very lucky in Columbus to have a Blick art store. Shout out to you. Like the closest Blick to us might be somewhere in Indiana well, or Chicago. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean it's to the Michaels? Best, oh, Michaels suck a D. Okay. Blick, Uh-oh. if you're an artist, you want those Blick Uh-oh. products, honestly, because they're real artist products. Are that, they more at, expensive? De- definitely. So, okay. but right now they have a sale at Blick. I'm not, I'm not even getting an endorsement or anything off these people. Listen to this, but I'm telling you, when I see a good deal, I'm letting you know. I even ran into a lady while I was shopping in Blick and she told me, that she's driving all the way up. She drove all the way up four hours to go to the store. I go, why? Where is she from? I know. West Virginia? I can't remember where she was from. And I go, why? She goes, because this is the only, this is the closest Blick store. I go, are you serious? I didn't know how lucky we were. She goes, you are very lucky. I've been back uh, since I signed up like two weeks ago. I've been back like four times. I need to go today. Wow. There's a big sale on, on canvases, like huh. 60% off. Does that lady not know about like home delivery? What do you mean? I guess you do want to be in the store for certain things. Yeah, I want to see my canvas. I want to pick it out. And I want to... see my canvas, too. People like to rest canvases the wrong way, and then there'll be a dent in it, an indention, and that ruins your canvas. Jerks. Oh, my gosh. The paint deal, though, right now... uh, It's like when people don't put boards in the back of comic books. I feel the same way. So, meanwhile, why I was talking about Blick is because they have an entire section of Bob Ross (gasps) little novelties. Like, all kind of stuff. That's cool. I love that. Like... Stocking stuffers. Do you think he's endorsed, like, posthumous? He he definitely is. He has, like, uh, a company, like, you know, and his son took it over. Bob so Ross's death row. That's it's next it's Wednesday, guys. There's a 20-second clip that Netflix released yesterday, and it, quote, said, we want to show you the trailer for Bob Ross. 
but we can't. Why? The unidentified voice says, I've been waiting to get this story out for all these years. Bob died when he was 52 years old, 1995, from lymphoma. So, like, Interesting, what, right? So is he going to throw salt on Bob Ross's name? I have no idea. I have no idea, Lope. Next Wednesday is when it comes out. But right. today... Do you think his cousin Rick Ross is going to be in it? Um, they are not cousins, and oh. I don't think they're going to be on it. So a different uh, a different streamer, okay? We were talking about Netflix with Bob Ross. Now we're going to go over to Hulu. We are wondering, why are we paying for Hulu? Something finally came out today, the premiere of this miniseries that my tennis partner, Belinda, told me about like two days ago. Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Melissa McCarthy's on it. All right, Luke Evans. I don't know who that is. Uh they go to a wellness retreat run by Nicole Kidman, who promises to transform and heal them of their suffering. All right. Nine perfect strangers. It looks funny. Like Nicole Kidman, huh? Yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Obviously, she's a comedian. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Nicole um, Kidman. She's married to the country guy, right? Keith Let's, Urban. Keith Correct. Urban. They have a daughter like Sunday Rose. and Adorable. Here's what else is on TV. Uh, we have Martha Stewart getting featured on Cribs tonight on MTV and Nick Young as well. I'm obsessed with Martha Stewart. I've watched her regular Martha Stewart craft and home yeah. show since I was little. Love her. Love her. Yeah. Okay. Did some jail time like a boss. So I follow her on social media and I, she has done jail time and she's yeah, best friends with Snoop Dogg. I yeah, mean, come prison. on. Yeah, she smokes weed. Tonight, 930 on MTV and she is a boss, a boss babe. She who, used to kill people with Bob Ross. I don't know if you No, she know. didn't, okay, but she fine. makes delicious foods I mean, and gardens like a mother great ever. Great story though. Um, house calls with Dr. Phil tonight. Series premiere, nine o'clock on CBS. I don't know. America's Got Talent tonight. The results, eight o'clock on NBC. Is it good, Rick? I haven't watched yet. Okay, but I meant like so far. Loper and I don't watch it all. The yeah. season, good? Yeah. Some good yeah, stuff? Definitely. Yeah, good season. Yeah, eh. good. <laughs> it wasn't sold by that. Riverdale, <laughs> Riverdale, uh, Beat Shazam, Family Game Night in the Dark, or Family Game Fight. I don't care about that, but that is well, your It starts out game night, and then it becomes a fight. I believe that. That's your <laughs> right. <laughs> I believe it. Do you like big stars? Well, here it is. All the news and the gossip. She's going to clue you in on current events and stuff on the intern. Here it comes. Randy's rear end. Randy just goes, I want to see James Taylor so bad. And I go, hey, babe, we saw James Taylor one time. You're like, no, but I want to see him. Like, for real. Like, but we saw him for real. I know, but like. But we, you weren't ready for you. I wasn't ready. We walked ready. up yeah, unexpectedly and he yeah, was on stage. That doesn't count. I didn't plan on seeing him, so it doesn't count. Like, does I, count. I want to buy a ticket specifically for James Taylor's show. I'm very jealous because it, the conversation really started off with you and Rick being able to have seen Tom Petty, and I'm very jealous of I've that. I've seen Tom Petty several times. I mean, that's that, <laughs> that you didn't need to say that, because I'm now Sam, I'm very jealous. If you want to ask me about any of them, I'll gladly tell you at home. Oh. We could just sit down and have Tom Petty. Tom Petty Tuesdays at our house. All right, I, no, let's, instead of talking about Tom Petty, let's talk about cuts, all right? Tim Tebow got cut by the... Jaguars. Boy, that's a deep one, too. That's When uh, your own mentor yeah. and the guy you look up to, second dad, cuts you, says, we no longer need you. But it also shows well. the, the, the real legitimacy of Urban Meyer. Like, you know, you're not letting somebody in. It's not True. like, you know, I got this job because I know somebody that owns a radio station. Yeah. or you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just, you know, you get the job because you earn the job, and that's it. 
We gave him a legit chance. I mean, I, I watched, I saw him in the preseason game this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. So the so chance what, enough was a gift. Like, what did he yes. look like? Okay. What did he look like okay. on, the, on the field? Okay. Did he I, look, th- like, how old is he? 33? Something like that. Is he that old now? Something like that. I mean, he's like near that age, well, I would say. I mean, look, no? let's be honest. The guy's a quarterback, and he's trying to play tight end. Okay, tight ends in the NFL, man, they're they're upwards 270, 280 pounds because half their job is blocking defensive linemen. And man, they they they, hi, they they really highlighted one play where Tebow tried to block a D lineman. It was the worst. I mean, dude, he basically tried to fall down in front of the guy. I'm like, he has no blocking ability. He just, it's not his position. Because that's what quarterbacks do. They I, fall down in front of the defensive right? right? He, he, he goes, do, I'm just, just doing what I do. It's just not, you know. That's his game. It's just, he's a quarterback, and that didn't work out for him, and it's just, it's passing I think they you know what? Do you think they would have pitted certain defensive guys against him because they're so nasty? And just, oh, but like almost take, anybody like would have been so, out of here? I mean, he's yeah. playing against second and third stringers. You know, when oh, he was he's in. Not, and he's getting wrecked. He's getting wrecked. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was terrible. I yeah. mean, it kept showing it even over and over. And I'm like, oh, the poor guy. They're really rubbing it in now. You well, know? he still can do speaking engagements. He has Jesus. He has all that. And but his wife is him, so you know? beautiful. Oh, wow. I don't he, like that. Why? He married a South African model, and she's so beautiful. Who I, hates him, Because, like, like, people that aren't good in their soul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, it's easy to hate. It's like Nickelback, right? No, that's uh, easy to hate. That is easy uh, to Tim hate. Tebow, hate on the other hand. Yeah, but Tim Tebow is like a good person like yeah, you know what I mean is, like if course. somebody you just get it and then when he speaks it's really surprising so you you know not everybody has everything have you heard I, Tim Tebow's voice <laughs> yeah it's not like Patrick Mahomes you used to thank him I don't know what. Oh, they I don't should know do a cartoon oh, together no, right? it's like a kid oh it sounds gosh. like he sounds like a little kid right a little bit, yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. Like a lot of it. But you know what? You know what Urban ought to do? He ought to make him like assistant quarterback coach and let him start a coaching well, career. So he went out of his way, Randy. Read the co- uh, quote on there uh, if you have it, if you don't mind. Um, and I'm only, I'm not ordering you to read. I'm just saying, like, no, we have to hear this because it's so funny. Okay. Uh, that Urban said, like, it's tough. We knew that was an uphill battle for Tim. Yeah, players loved him. The locker room loved him. Players loved yeah, him. They the do. locker. They do. But listen, that's that's well placed. So just remember those words. Mm-hmm. The players loved him. The locker room loved him. Mm-hmm. Guess who's going to be back in the locker room? Yeah, exactly. Tim Tebow's not done trying to join a football team. No, okay, he just might I not be playing. I can't play. Fine. Yeah, I can coach. Oh my gosh, who would not I want sh- that guy in their locker room? Tim Tebow is right. going to be. The friggin' equipment manager you before we're done. Positive. He wants to be on the friggin' team, guys. You need someone positive around you. Yes. You really do. You're going to hear popcorn, peanuts. Who is that? And Tim his Tebow. paycheck's not going to be affected if he wins or loses. You know what care. I mean? So yeah. he's going to go and give a great height speech every every freaking game. But you know, that's uh, that ESPN or wherever he was, uh, that money had to be good for him. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he walked away from that team. But you know what? A lot of those guys kind of look at it like they can do TV forever. Right. Really? Right. Yeah. And, you know, like you are, so if you come on for a season and you haven't been on the previous season, you know, it's always like a bigger deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think some of those guys do lay off like a season or two, don't they? Like, you know, they're not on all the time, you know, like the, the guys in the UFC are always there, but I always right. see different football guys on there. Do they rotate them in and out? Do you, do you talk about the broadcast the crews? Analysts? Yeah, you were with me, and then you jumped off my train, so I feel like no, that's not true. Though. Um, well, I mean, it depends on what... Like, Tony Romo does the biggest game every week on NBC. Yeah. The, I, or, uh, CBS, rather. He's the best golfer, too. 
Out of the broadcasters, probably so. No, out of like uh, all the uh, professional. It's Tony Romo that I'm thinking of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, is he, like every you know, year he tried to, to qualify for the US PGA Open. Tour, and he'd get really close. But he can't golf year round. Now he can golf year round. Can you imagine the kind of endorsement that he would pull oh in gosh. the celebrity? Yeah. I mean, like seriously though. I mean, like so golfers make a lot of money, but I mean, like, uh, and then what happens like when other pro athletes figure it out? Like, okay, so I'll play. Definitely play football, but then like I'm gonna do golf on the side my whole life, and then that way when I'm done playing football, I'm just gonna go on the PGA tour, right? And then also reap all those bends, get all the uh, fallout because like so many groupies, it's like better than the NFL. Yeah, 25 players seems like the life just earned their PGA tour cards via the Corn Ferry tour. Seems like the greatest life anyone's ever lived. So with that, we're gonna wrap up. The we show. gotta go, guys. We had to go like 10 minutes ago. Uh, yeah. Do not take Columbus for granted. Columbus is good to you. We love you guys. I'm going to be back tomorrow. I'm going to bring the whole gang with me. I hope you guys are here to wake and bake the, at like six. the kids? <laughs> well, no. I was thinking of you guys. The gang. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. That's the gang I'm trying to get away from for uh, four hours. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever you think about Expands, put your mind in a good place. Find us on everywhere that you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, you know the whole list. I'm not going to do it right now. You can find us on social media at Randy Razor, at Jeremy Loper. And Columbus, you can find us on the radio at 6 a.m. tomorrow, right here on The Blitz. We're up on time. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Hey, boo! boo. this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Welcome to the Genesis Temple podcast. I am Damiano. I have the pleasure here of having with me Francisco Gonzalez, who is the designer of Lamplight City, Golden Wake, and is currently working on Rosewater. Hello, Francisco. How are you doing? Hello. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? Pretty well. Thank you. And today with me, I have another special guest co-hosting with me. I have fellow journalist Jesse Gregoire. Hello, Jesse. Hello. How's everyone? Good. So, uh, I will just ask Francisco the usual question that I ask all the guests, and it's how did you get into gaming development, and when did your passion for gaming begin? Oh, can I answer the second question first? Sure, go ahead. (laughs) So, I guess my passion for gaming began when I was about, I don't know, uh, probably about six or seven years old. I, sub- I got a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine, and as it happened, that if they had an offer where if you subscribed, you got a free uh, copy of Dragon Warrior for the NES. And I, I remember reading the manual for Dragon Warrior and, like, reading about... It was my first ever RPG, and, and reading about, like, you know, the idea of quests and going and giving things to people. And for some reason, I was like, wow, that's so cool! And then, of course, I played Dragon Warrior, and... 
it was a lot more grindy than that, but that's another story. But anyway, um, I mean, I had played games before that, but um, then I kind of discovered adventure games and, like, Hugo's House of Horrors, and, and I played King's Quest V on the NES, and it was just something about the gameplay of like the RPG slash adventure, even though more leaning more towards adventure, just the idea of like going on quests and solving problems and talking to characters and things like that, that gameplay just, it, it just excited me. And I really liked the idea of that. And from pretty much that time until I found adventure game studio, which is the engine that I use, um, I was I always wanted to make my own adventure game. So in about 2001, I just happened to be googling adventure game maker and I found Adventure Game Studio and uh I made a couple of crappy little games in it just to see that I could make something. Um and I just started making games as a hobby and in 2013 I released well, the 2014 uh, I released my first commercial game, which was A Golden Wake, and then I made two more, and now I'm working on my fourth. So that's the short answer. <laughs> and yeah, remember the the community around uh, AGS, the Adventure Game Studio, back in 2001 was just starting, but but there were there were already some interesting titles. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, except for the obvious ones made, you know, Seven Days a Stranger, those. Yeah, small class cult classics i would say one of my favorites was i don't know if you ever played it uh, uh well the pronunciation is almost impossible it's plerberg something like that oh plerberg yeah. yeah i was just talking about plerberg the other day because um plerberg was like one of the most ambitious freeware games mm-hmm. for, at that time because it was like it had multiple days it was like this really complex i think it had multiple endings um mm-hmm. It was long. It was like in you know for a one person game, it was like impressively long, and like it had those gory close ups with like the the music that was like it was really atmospheric too. And I actually remember uh, somebody parodying that in one of the Reality on the Norm games. Uh, so <laughs> it was like one of the first AGS games to get parodied, which was really bizarre to me. <laughs> which was which was also really cool. But yeah. yeah, it was incredibly ambitious, and um, it's kind of a shame that the, the developer uh, planned to do a sequel, but I think never really materialized. Uh, actually, on the really fat chance that he's listening, you know, get in touch because I would love to interview <laughs> you. But you know, yeah, I I I wonder what ever happened to him, Krille Blomquist. I met him a few times. He used to come to the to the AGS gatherings, mittens. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw him. I think it was it might have been 2010 in Italy. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that was the last time he came to a mittens. And so, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. But he did he did make two other games, Calsoon and Calsoon Two. Those were also great. <laughs> yeah, it was like a total 180 in tone from Plurkberg because Plurkberg was like the dark, gritty murder game, and Calsoon was about a guy who didn't have pants on. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a, a very interesting time for uh, adventure yeah. games. Yeah, a bit you know everything goes, but uh, let's throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. It was very interesting in, in a way, despite you know. Yeah, it was great. Pretty uh, things were pretty amateurish, of course, but that was the interesting. Uh, 
I think, bit. Yeah, yeah, but there was a ton of creativity. It was, I mean, there still is, but yeah, especially at that time, it was like, I don't know, maybe it was because we were all younger, too. It was like, you know, it was fresh and exciting, and it was like, oh boy, we can make adventure games, and now it's just like, eh, I guess I'll make another adventure game. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I actually also planned to do a whole uh, uh, series of horror adventure games. I actually wrote uh, the plot for the first chapter, I wrote the whole Bible of the universe, I was, uh, you know, maybe a bit over my head that uh, I actually needed someone to do the graphics and to do the sound. And of course, I was just, you know, writing and writing and say, you know, maybe one day someone will come around and <laughs> he will make the graphics for my <laughs> game. But, you know, it never came. So, <laughs> oh, that was it. Well, I mean, you did you 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 took the right steps i mean writing a, a whole design bible and everything. That's totally what you need to do. I mean, that's that's great. It's just yeah, I know it's. It's, I mean, I was saying the other day, like, you know, not being able to draw didn't stop me from starting to make games. I, <laughs> I didn't write the whole design Bible or anything until I was a few games into the Ben Jordan series, which was the sort of series I cut my teeth on. But, um, yeah, I just made a game and drew a bunch of crappy graphics and threw it together and people seemed to like it. And then I just kept going from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this brings me to something that I wanted to ask you, because as you mentioned, you, um, you started developing by yourself and you kept it. I mean, now your partner, you've mentioned, is taking more of an active role, especially on Rosewater. But basically up until now, it's been a one man band from what I understood. And was this out of, um, let's say, necessity or was it is something that you planned? Uh, no, well, I mean, I'm still, for the most part, like, I would say, like, for Rosewater specifically, it's mostly me, but it's been nice to have someone else to, like, bounce ideas off of and get feedback from, whereas before I would just kind of write everything down. and then, Like, with Lamplight City, I wrote everything and then gave it to her to look over, whereas this time around, I'm like... Hey, before I design this and before I do this, what do you think of this? And then she'll be like, oh, well, yeah, okay. Or no, maybe we should think about this. So, yeah, I mean, it's not so much out of necessity, but also mostly because I want to have another opinion <laughs> on things and not just because, you know, it's really easy to to start self-doubting, even though, you know, I've done this for a while. I'm still like, oh, is this, do I still, can I still do this? Like, is this any good? So it's it's nice to have someone to keep me grounded and like give me feedback on stuff as I'm doing it rather than once I've already done it and then it's a lot harder to change things just because of my own stubbornness. I've read that it it is now, I mean, it has become your daily job basically working on uh, on video games. And I was wondering um where do you find uh, inspirations for uh, the characters or the story or I don't know, the puzzles? Um, I mean, it comes from a bunch of different places. I mean, um, it, it depends really, too, on what kind of game it is. Like, you know, Rosewater is a Western, so obviously there's a lot of uh, source material to draw from, even though I've been trying to purposefully stay away from things. Like, I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2 because I haven't wanted to get influenced in any way by that for whatever reason. Um it's hard to say like I, I you know I sit down and write something and some an idea will come to me and you know sometimes like when I'm designing characters I just kind of think like well what personality type do I want to ha this character to have 
and then it sort of grows from there. I, I never really base characters on people I know necessarily. Like, I might, like, think about people I know and their particular personality types or, or defining characteristics. Like, if I think, oh, well, who do I know who is... Let me think of something nice. Uh, <laughs> who do I know that's, like, you know, <laughs> likes to talk a lot? Or who who's, like, the life of the party? That sort of thing. You know, I might think about that and, like, things that they say and not necessarily, like, include actual things that they say. So it's not like, oh, this person is clearly based on so-and-so. Or even, it, it could even just be other fictional characters, too. Like, um, yeah, like, for example, perfect example, um... In Rosewater, like, there's one character who I wanted to ha- have, like, a memorable entrance when they're introduced. And I was thinking, well, what, what characters in media have great introductions? And I was like, oh, well, like, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it, it, he's introduced with no dialogue. It's purely visual, and you know exactly what kind of character he is from his introduction. So I kind of took inspiration from that for that. And then, I don't know, little bits and pieces from things here and there that's that's kind of how i do it mm-hmm. well naturally with me you know being from italy of course i want to see some clear sergio leone uh, influences in oh right <laughs> yeah uh i've t- well obviously i mean you can't make a western without giving a nod to to sergio leone but i actually haven't seen too many of his movies um i've obviously i've seen like the good the bad and the ugly there's another one i really want to see called duck you sucker (laughs) but uh (laughs) but i haven't gotten around to that yet but yeah it's also it's also really i've been having to tell my composer like it's really easy to lean into like the the ennio morricone tropes but try not to go too far in that direction because <laughs> yeah you you want to be inspired but you don't want to be like ripping off yeah i, I was actually thinking about uh, i don't know if you ever played it uh, outlaws from lucasarts that was uh heavily inspired by <laughs> by sergio leone especially the soundtrack was very very morricone-ish oh yeah there's one track that's like a complete ripoff of uh um i forget the title something about like the yeah the, something of gold or something but that little piano like you haven't mentioned puzzles so i will <laughs> oh right 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 i haven't mentioned puzzles uh, <laughs> well i think it's because puzzles to me are like one of the harder parts um it's it's tricky to talk about this now because like there, I know that there's like you know there's definitely the the more uh, traditionalist hardcore adventure fans who feel that like if you don't if your game doesn't have hard puzzles that you get stuck on, then it's not really an adventure game or it's too easy or whatever. Um, and then there's the other side who are like, well, adventure games shouldn't have any puzzles because you're not you know no one wants to get stuck anymore and it's, you, it's super easy to find a walkthrough online and blah 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 and all that stuff i don't, i i've been hearing the discourse for a very long time i kind of fall somewhere in the middle um i feel like game adventure games should have puzzles but i also feel i actually listened to uh, a little bit of the uh your first episode with mark yohalem and i i agree as far as like puzzles should be integrated into the story. I don't like it when adventure games just kind of throw a random math puzzle or number puzzle or whatever that's... It's just like, oh, solve my weird combination lock on my safe just because we need to have a puzzle here. 
I, I think that that is that breaks immersion. Um, I I like to design puzzles thinking about what they can tell you about the world or the characters. Um, but I also don't really feel like super complex puzzles necessarily benefit the game. Like, I was thinking about this, and to use the classic example of the Monkey Island games... Um, this is another can of worms I'm opening yeah. up. <laughs> because... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. For me personally, I think, like, as overall, uh, just a blend of everything, Curse of Monkey Island is my favorite Agreed. one. But, yeah, but puzzle-wise, I actually think that The Secret of Monkey Island has the best puzzles because they make sense. Like, there's not, with the exception of maybe, like, giving the cannibals the pamphlet about how to get ahead in navigating, because that's, like, a pun, and I don't think it's it's really beneficial to have puzzles that are based on puns and wordplay, because it totally limits your audience, but, and there it's hard to translate, um, if you go that route. Like, like the monkey ranch in Monkey Island 2. Right, right, but that's the thing, right? So, like... In Monkey Island 1, the puzzles made sense. You know, like, you had to get a prisoner out of jail because you're told that Grog is, like, acidic, basically. And so you have to, like, transfer it between mugs as you go. Or, like, like the rubber chicken with the pulley in the middle is pretty absurd. But, like, you use a pulley on a cable. That makes sense, too, right? Like, so, so they're all grounded in some form of logic. And then starting with Monkey Island 2, you started getting these more absurd, like, the monkey wrench or... Um, I guess, well, the spitting contest kind of makes some sense, but the puzzles kind of started getting more absurd. And there are some, I'm going to say it, there are some crappy puzzles in Monkey Island too. <laughs> but so I feel like, yeah, you know, puzzles for me, when I design puzzles, I like to keep them more grounded in real life logic. But then the problem with that is that people think in real life logic and therefore they get the solutions a lot quicker and therefore they think that it's easy. So I always feel like the difficulty depends on the absurdity of the puzzle, and I don't like them to be absurd. So there's all... Oh, God, I've gone on a rant. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> there's uh... <laughs> Actually, um, for Rosewater, like, realized... I was, I was kind of going over the puzzles, and I realized that there was one puzzle sequence in particular that was kind of just really too easy, because... To avoid spoilers, I'll try and I'll try and keep it as vague as possible. But basically, there's a there's a puzzle sequence where you have to get into a place to find something, and there's two ways you can do it. You can either um, get into another place by uh, deducing a code, which you do by talking to other characters and like figuring out based on facts that you're given uh this code which you then have to input in a console or you can cause a distraction by gathering some items for one of your companions and he causes a distraction so i realized that the puzzle sequence was basically just okay you talk for the code like you had to talk to the characters and then you put the code in and then you did your thing and then that was fine and then for the distraction thing you just kind of found the items like there was one bit where you had to you have to use a tool to get one of the things but the tool is just lying there on the ground you pick it up and i thought okay well that's just there's 
multiple steps, but it's also just too easy. So I was like, well, how can I add an extra step without making this just bad? <laughs> so I realized, well, okay, so the tool just lying there on the ground is too easy. So I started thinking, well, how can I make this a little bit more complex? So I was like, okay, well, what if the tool is out of reach? And now there's a puzzle where you have to like figure out how to get it down from somewhere. So I was thinking about that, and I was like, okay, well, this could work, but then this also only applies to this one path. I need something to make the other option more complex, because you can do either or. So then I realized, okay, well, what if just, like, you can't put in the code because there's a knob missing from the console, and you have to replace it? Okay, so there's another step. So then I realized, okay, well, I can kill two birds with one stone. I'll just put both of these things the tool and the knob in a box which is out of reach so now i added an extra step where you have to figure out how to get it down it's still like a logical puzzle but now i just added a bit more complexity to make it hopefully feel a little bit more rewarding etc i hope that made sense <laughs> yeah because uh, i was thinking about what you mentioned about uh real life versus um the usual um I wouldn't say the usual, I mean the classic uh, moon logic of, uh, of adventure games. Because in a way, if you ground your puzzles in real life, as you said, right. you're, you're giving the, the public certain expectations. I mean, that if I do something that is logical to solve that puzzle, that will work. As opposed to, you know, the usual, uh, to open this door, I gotta grab the hair out of a cat's butt that is passing by <laughs> the street uh, every Tuesday evening at uh, four o'clock, right. <laughs> something like that. Right. And, yeah. and I, I think that what works maybe better is trying to, at least for me, of course, it's trying to strike a balance between these two kind of extremes, let's say, because uh, in a way, I think, you know, designing puzzles, puzzles with moon logic is relatively easy in that we, we have grown accustomed to that kind of logic. So it's really easy to uh, make a puzzle that makes sense only in your head and then right. try to push the, the player in that direction. Uh, while real life is, I think, more difficult to make a puzzle that both makes sense in real life and also uh, entices the player to solve it in a more maybe creative way because if it's really you know plain and obvious then because as you said it can be really easy if it's just you know plain real life problems let's say so i think in a way that for me the best design is that that you know takes a bit of both worlds <laughs> and tries to make it uh, the best of both worlds, as opposed to the worst, of course. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've noticed, which is interesting, is with respect to inventory puzzles, I feel like when most players or designers talk about inventory puzzles, they're really talking about one specific kind of inventory puzzle. Because, I mean, inventory puzzles kind of fall into several categories. There's just plain old use the item on something and it should work as intended. Like you pick up a crowbar, you use it to pry something. That makes sense. Okay, fine. There's like manipulation type inventory puzzles where you get an inventory item and you have to like 
change its properties somehow. So, like, I don't know, you get, like, a remote control or something, but it doesn't have a battery. And so you have to, like, find a battery, put it into the remote control, and now it works. That's a simple example, but, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, And then you have the combination puzzles, where it's like, okay, I need to get this piece of paper off of the branch but i don't have a fishing rod so i'll use this stick and this piece of string and this pulley and i'll tape them all together and make a fishing rod i feel like that particular puzzle that sort of building a crude tool out of a bunch of unrelated items that's the one that everyone latches onto. that's the one that has the most potential for absurdity it's like the puzzle in sam and max where you have to make the the like contraption out of the golf ball retriever and the the severed hand and the magnet to get the mood ring yeah that's a rough one (laughs) and it's like that's the kind of puzzle the inventory combination puzzle logic that people seem to think is what you have to do so I don't agree that that's the solution. I mean, I, I think inventory puzzles are fine. It's just don't make them crazy like that. How how important do you think puzzles are to adventure games on the whole? Because I found myself just uh, gravitating towards the ones where, yeah, there's some difficulty, but I I prefer narrative in story. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't I don't like it when puzzles bring the narrative grinding to a halt because it's like, oh, well, now you have to solve this this puzzle my go-to example is still life and the cookie puzzle oh yeah um for anyone who might not have played still life it's you play as an fbi agent who's investigating a bunch of murders hunting a serial killer you also play as her grandfather in flashbacks in like 1920s Prague, who's also searching for a killer who is has some similarities so there's so she goes home to like read his files and that's the frame the setup for how she's like playing as him because you know it's supposedly she's reading about his exploits and that's what you're playing and so like okay yeah this is an interesting setup then when she gets home her dad's like please bake me some cookies and then you you can't you can't proceed and read about her grandfather until you bake him the cookies (laughs) and the recipe isn't even straightforward it's like an ounce of love to two (laughs) grams of inspiration and you have to figure out there's no clues you just have to kind of brute force trial and error or maybe there are i don't know i only played it once but you kind of like have to figure out how to make the cookies based on that and it serves no purpose whatsoever yeah there's there's a maniac on the lease yeah exactly there's a maniac on the loose i need to read about my grandfather why am i baking you cookies i know it's christmas but come on take the a break. maniac is the one who wrote the recipe I think. <laughs> that's right that's right i think <laughs> the serial killer like purposely <laughs> wrote the recipe to stop you gosh yeah but but yeah so something like that 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 just kills the pacing like it's fine if they had put in an obstacle were that prevented you from reading the files because you had to do something else that maybe was related to the serial killer, your investigation, or like something else. But to just be like, "Oh, big cookies for your dad." That's that, that's out of nowhere. It just feels ridiculous. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think puzzles. You know, people expect that they're sort of the core gameplay element of adventure games. I mean, I I feel like adventure games to not make them just be sort of interactive movies or or walking sims or whatever 
they need to have some sort of challenge uh, puzzles or obstacles or whatever you want to call them. But I, but again, like they need to integrate into the story because otherwise they're just. But I mean, I, I, with Lamplight City, I experimented with not having inventory puzzles in the traditional sense because I didn't feel like they had a place in a detective game. I didn't feel like a detective would be mashing random items together to create tools when he was trying to investigate stuff and he was perfectly capable of getting other people to do things for him or, you know, opening doors, calling a lock... Like, a detective will call a locksmith to open the locked door. He won't cast a key out of, like, clay and and mold or, you know, stuff like that. I, I think, yeah, that leads me to, to... I think Lamplight City is, I think, one of the best examples of of what i'm talking about because the i think that was almost puzzle perfection for me oh uh yeah not to be too much of a sycophant (laughs) but you know it i enjoyed that game i could there's not often where i can play an adventure game without thinking oh i need to take a break i was stuck on this puzzle but with land city i was just engrossed the whole way through and i never felt that the puzzles got in the way of of the story or being interested, it just kind of it just rolled smoothly. Well, thank you. Um, I will counter your praise with self critique by saying that um, I do feel like I only put puzzles into the correct solutions. <laughs> so, so like I would say each case in Lamplight City has maybe one major puzzle. Like the in the first case, you have like the harpsichord puzzle. Um, but that one you can only access if you get the correct solution to the case. If you go down any of the other paths in any of the other cases and accuse the other suspects, it's pretty straightforward just, like, talking to the characters and searching and gathering evidence and stuff. But the actual, like, puzzle puzzles, I really only put in to, like, the correct solutions, both because I wanted it to feel rewarding, but also because I thought it would be too much to just, like, have... A puzzle for a solution that wasn't the correct one where looking back i probably should have had a bit more puzzles for those too because otherwise it's like it becomes fairly obvious which solution is the correct solution but i think i did that out of a concern that i had when playing sherlock holmes consulting or not consulting detective um lost files of sherlock holmes the serrated scalpel there's a bit where you go to a pub and you're trying to get information out of the bartender and he's like oh, i'm not going to talk to you unless you are good at darts which is weird <laughs> <laughs> and and you have to play against you have to play a darts mini game against three other patrons of the pub and it's only if you beat them that the bartender will talk to you and then finally after you go through all that you talk to the bartender and it turns out he doesn't have any useful information so it was all for nothing <laughs> um, wow so there was a there was a quote-unquote puzzle there even though it's a mini game but you just went through all that and there's nothing. So I wanted to avoid doing that, which is partly why I was like, well, if you're not on the correct path, I'm not going to make you go through this whole thing to be told, you know, it was all for nothing. Although, technically, it wouldn't have been all for nothing because you could still have accused that suspect. It just would not have been the correct suspect. But all self-editorializing aside, um, I'm, I'm glad that you that you enjoyed that. Because it was, it was tricky. It was tricky to design puzzles that weren't inventory based because it's such a common thing it's you know you have to think outside the box in a way to to figure out puzzles that are not 
purely inventory based. Yeah, I, I feel like you actually had to put yourself in the character's shoes rather than thinking yeah. like an adventure game where you just open your inventory and say, okay, I'm going to try everything on this door. You right. Know? It was funny because like I would watch people play and as an example, that, that first case with the harpsichord, like you don't, you encounter the harpsichord like pretty early on, but it's not until the very end of the case that you figure out what it is you need to do with it. But like, I put clues around, like I put, because it's a it's a music puzzle, and I know that can be hard for people who don't who like are tone deaf or who who are deaf. Um, so I wanted to make sure that you could do it even if you didn't have sound on or whatever. So like you know, each key obviously has a hotspot that shows what note it is. So I put a, a little piece of paper in one of the rooms that shows you the C scale and like what each note is and what it corresponds to so like even if you are not musically inclined you can just match and it was really funny to see like a bunch of people would uh, a bunch of people would would find the harpsichord and be like oh it's a harpsichord and i can play it this must be a puzzle and then they would go into the room and they would find the the picture of the c scale which was just you know do re mi fa so la ti do and they're like oh i found it and then they would go back and play do re mi fa so la ti do and be like why isn't anything happening i found the solution I'm like wow how that's like such an adventure game mentality yeah. it's hilarious <laughs> well while we're on lamplight city there's mm. one thing i've always wanted to talk to you about the setting is so unique and uh, basic i am i have dual citizenship i'm half american half british and i've spent half my life in each country and one thing that i've always thought is you know what would america be like uh had the revolution not happened and right you know and how i don't know it's a big thing you know there's a lot of contentious issues in america at the moment sure. healthcare and yeah and, uh you know everyone <laughs> says how great of a place canada is to live and you know if you think right well, america would essentially be like canada had that not happened except less french probably but yes <laughs> But, you know, and I, I just thought that Lamplight City, I, I wasn't, you know, pl when I first played it, I wasn't expecting to to find so much of that in there. And then, you know, playing it, I just thought, wow, this is like the one game that has captured this kind of essence, you know, where um, slavery would have been abolished earlier and uh, all these different right. kind of things. And I just, you know, kind of wanted to pick your brain about how you really came up with that idea. I don't want to say it was sort of out of necessity, but it kind of was because, I mean, originally the idea for Lamplight City came to me because I just thought I want to make a detective game and I want to make it like Sherlock Holmes style, like 19th century, I, not thinking about like the setting or anything. I, I was essentially going to make it a real world thing. But then as I thought about it, I was like, well, I mean, so many detective games are based on Sherlock Holmes and, and it's a pretty pretty used up setting so then i thought about alternate history and then i thought well i mean if i make it in the uk obviously if i set it in london when it comes time to do voice acting i'm, I'm going to have to cast british actors and 
that can be complicated. So, I mean, it's it's a stupid way of thinking. But I'm like, I'm in New York. I'm going to cast Americans. So let me make it in a... Let me do an alternate history. It's in America, but it still has elements of London and stuff. So let's let's explore this idea that it's an alternate history where it's not America. It's Vespuccia, and it's still a Commonwealth uh, constitutional monarchy. Yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And I didn't want to, like, make it the forefront, but I also didn't want to, like, gloss over the uglier parts of the history. Like, you know, I wanted to talk about the fact that slavery was a thing. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, we magically fixed racism because there was no revolution or or whatever, you know, however you want to spin that. But then, you know, the, the whole, like, steampunk thing sort of came about and I I or struggled with it for a while, trying to figure out exactly what steampunk meant, um, because I didn't want it to be like typical, you know, just like aesthetically, just oh, there's gears on everything. But just like diving into it, I realized you know steampunk deals with a lot of the issues that I was trying to deal with anyway. Like essentially, it was like the themes of the industrial revolution, just different technology more more advanced or more fantastical technology you know so i so that was that was pretty easy to work in there but yeah i'm I'm glad that that it worked for you because every now and then i get you know steam reviews that are like oh keep your politics out of my game out of my games because they don't they don't like that i that i talked about political stuff in the game which is hilarious well, to me look nothing is apolitical oh of course my i think my my favorite steam review was uh someone who who claimed that it was I was attempting to brainwash them into being a communist because I was saying that the uh they were like oh of course the the right wing politician in the fifth case like he's the bad guy because he it turns out he was a wife beater and a horrible person and blah blah, blah. and I'm like he he's actually not a right wing politician if you paid attention you would see that he's actually the left wing guy but that i didn't even think about that it was like <laughs> i don't know it's pretty funny. <laughs> one of my favorite steam reviews sorry uh, about lamplight city was the one that says this is a point and click adventure made by someone who hates point and click adventures <laughs> oh i didn't see that one but that's hilarious i love that it's so true <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like a compliment, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'd, oh, are you kidding? I'd take that as a mega compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not... I mean, I don't hate point-and-click adventures. I just... I hate the tropes of point-and-click adventures that that don't go away. I don't know if we should keep this part in, because I don't want to sound like a rambly old man, but... Look, we're getting cancelled anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk bad about other games. I'm not going to mention names. I was shown a demo of a game, and it looked beautiful, and it was really nice, but the first thing you did was talk to three guys behind a table, and they were called three important-looking other profession. And I was like, why are you doing this? Please stop doing this. (laughs) Please. There's other games. There's other games than one that came out 30 years ago. Please stop. I mean, I can't talk because I lifted the aesthetic from Gabriel Knight 1 for Lamplight City. Sure. It was just an aesthetic choice. It wasn't like... A a direct reference. Yeah, I tried not to do a direct reference. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, this is something that me and Jesse also uh, talked about. Um, in, uh, that I would call it like the burden of the past, like the sins of the past, mm-hmm. the sins of the fathers, maybe. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Uh, of of uh, yeah. adventure games. In that, uh, there's this. Um, for me, it's incomprehensible necessity for many adventure game designers to have this kind of. Uh, continuous homages to the past, continuous reference yeah. to the classics, which, I mean, uh, it was maybe funny to see that when, you know, maybe 15 years ago, maybe. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, 2021, that <laughs> I think yeah. that we had enough Monkey Island inspired games, you know, Sierra inspired games. Yeah. It's like it's it's always done in this sort of like wink wink nudge nudge fashion. It's like you know you go to the movies now and they're not like making little wink wink nudge nudge references to silent movies <laughs> or you know film noir or whatever. You know you're not reading books and they're not making little wink wink nudge nudge references to like War and Peace or I mean I do understand it's nostalgia. I think you know the nostalgia element has a lot to uh to do with it but yeah i mean it's like there's nothing wrong with admiring the classics obviously you know there's this there's a wealth of great stuff and great material that came before but it's really just counter counterproductive i feel and it's holding everyone it's you know it's holding games back instead of like you know forging a new path ahead and creating new stuff it's always this just like looking back and going back to the stuff before and like yeah it's fine to acknowledge that where you came from but like stop being obsessed with it but but people treat adventure games like they're different from normal video games almost like like you wouldn't go back and say i'm gonna play the original quake over the new quake or yeah well it's also i think because of the I think they get a bad rap because of the 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 moon logic and all of that stuff. So it's this it's this never ending cycle of just like oh adventure games are dead because they had terrible puzzles and then it's like no they're not actually there's still lots of people making them and there's actually more people making them now than there were back then. And then it's like, oh, well, but that's not really an adventure game because it doesn't have the crappy puzzles. But then it's like, but you just said that they were crappy and they, they're they dead because they had crappy puzzles. So which one is it? You can't have both. Yeah, I think my, my theory of adventure gamers being like a cult uh, <laughs> actually revolves around the, the, this celebrated death, uh, I'm making air quotes, of adventure games. Yeah, in that, I think it's been going on for almost twenty years that there's been this whole uh, funeral celebration going on uh, of uh, adventure games being dead. But uh, I mean, clearly they're not. So I think in a way, each developers. I wouldn't want to say all developers, of course, but you know the ones we mentioned uh, as being you know hmm. a little bit. Uh, too much uh, going on on the nostalgic side of things um, feel the need to like you know state to the world by making the, the references to the LucasArts and Sierra games they have this need to say oh but we're still alive we're still alive and kicking we're not dead but I mean we get it it's been almost 20 years and point and clicks are still a thing 
Yeah, no, I, I think probably what a lot of it could have to do with is just the fact that the whole, like, oh, adventure games are dead narrative is an easy one to just latch onto and, and you know, be... I'm not saying that advent, all, all developers are doing this, and I hope none of them are doing it for this reason, but I kind of feel like, to me, it's like as an armchair analysis thing, it sounds like, you know, you can say, oh, they're saying adventure games are dead? Well, that's not true, because I'm bringing them back. I'm making an adventure game. Look yeah. at my adventure game. And also, remember the ones you used to like? Well, mine's just like that. They're not dead. Look, there's Cedric the Owl. <laughs> Watch out, it's a poisonous point and click. Yeah, exactly. We should talk about something else happier, because otherwise this is just going to be a old man yells at cloud podcast. Okay, that, that, let's, let's bring us up to something a little bit happier then. Um, okay, I've seen that you also. Um, I, I don't know if you do it if you do it anymore, but uh, I've seen that you did um, some st- uh, streams of your development of Rosewater, I think. And yes, it, it, it is interesting that um, I think it shows uh, kind of a new side, let's say, to the whole uh, making uh, a game, uh, especially an, uh, an adventure game. What is your um, what is your reason for doing it? What do you think? What do you like about it? <laughs> My main reason is to keep me from being distracted and going on Twitter and, and stuff. <laughs> because I know if I have an audience, I have to be focused. Um, but no, I, I like doing it just to have like people in the chat engaging with me and like talking and stuff. And, you know, sometimes we talk about the game. A lot of times we just talk about just random other stuff. I did a stream yesterday, actually, and... We started just listening to like the soundtracks to Battletoads and the first <laughs> Ninja Turtles game on NES and stuff and talking about that stuff while I was drawing. But yeah, it's it's nice to sort of I mean for me it's nice because I have like I have people to talk to and or talk at <laughs> and uh and I, I keep myself from being distracted. But I mean I you know, people seem to enjoy getting a glimpse at the behind the scenes process. Mostly I, I do art stuff on the streams because I feel like writing obviously would be A, boring, and B, spoilery. Um, sometimes I do coding, which also I feel can be a bit boring because it's a lot of repetition. It's just like, okay, I coded this thing. Now I have to test it. Now I have to test it again. Now I have to test it a third <laughs> time. Um, I'm, I'm like People like to see the game in sort of the work-in-progress state with like the placeholder backgrounds and dialogue and stuff but mostly i stick to the art like the drawing the backgrounds and the animating the sprites and stuff but sometimes people give me like real time critique which is good too and yeah it's just a it's just a fun little thing but yeah i do that i do that every wednesday uh at one eastern time on twitch uh and sometimes i do it other days i did another extra one yesterday like i said and yeah it's it's fun i started doing it with lamplight city and I just kept on doing it with Rosewater. Um, and, and like, later, once it gets to that point, sometimes I do, like, uh, voiceover editing streams, which is also fun, but can also be spoilery, so I don't do that one as much. But, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, to to have some kind of real-time feedback, because, as you said, especially if he develops everything by himself, uh, it's easy to get lost in your own mind, uh, either to self-doubt yourself or just, you know, to uh, start losing the, the plot, let's say. 
Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it is a kind of a new thing because I mean, traditionally, let's say games, uh, you you got feedback the moment that you you had something ready that you could could get someone to play test it. Well, today you get some kind, you know, also real time feedback. And do you think um, it adds some kind of a new new value or you know something like that? Um, to an extent. I mean, it's not quite as involved as, say, beta testing because you know I'm not I'm not actually playing the game, and I'm even if it was a, a case where I was just like showing off the game, you know, it's it's not the same watching someone play their own game as it is to like play it yourself and test it and and try different things and stuff like that. I mean, I've I've watched other people's streams where they're like coding stuff and they they hit a bug and they can't figure out what's going on and like people in the chat help them and like fix bugs and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, I'm not the only one that does this. I you know, uh, Julia Minamata, who's making the Crimson Diamond, she has a stream on Tuesday evenings, and uh, the team that's doing Theropods, uh, Costas and Sarah, they do a stream. They do a dev stream on Mondays and I believe Thursdays. And I know Dave Gilbert, well, he doesn't really have a, a set schedule. He kind of just streams whenever he has something interesting to stream. But, like, he, he you know, he, he'll stream development of the game, too. So there's a lot of indie adventure developers who are who do streams. It's sort of like an early access thing, but not quite. You don't have to be quite as beholden to people, like, say, with a Kickstarter or something like that. But it's a cool way to like let let people who are interested in and see sort of how the sausage is made, to use a a tired phrase. And the sausage is made by combining uh, three pieces of string with uh, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> the hair of the dog. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, better than the hair from the cat's butt. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of animal hair going around in our adventures. There really <laughs> is. You know, I okay, so I this is a this is a tangent, but I I used to teach a class for a local uh game organization here about uh adventure game design. And I used to have a section about like puzzles you should avoid. And I noticed that there's this disturbing trend in a lot of adventure games to have puzzles that involve sticking things to animals. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess the, the cat hair mustache puzzle kind of applies because you have to, like, get the cat to go through the hole to get the, ca- the, the hair on the tape. But, like, Broken Sword 5 has two puzzles where you have to stick things to animals. Secret Files Tunguska wow. has... This absurd puzzle. It was in the demo. I never played the game, but I played the demo. So this is how I know about it. There's a puzzle. I swear. You have to eavesdrop on a conversation. Have either of you played this game? Uh, a-, a while ago, but never completed that. Okay. So there's a puzzle where you have to eavesdrop on a conversation in some people inside a house. And the way that you do it is you have to... There's a cat outside. You have to feed the cat some salty food so that it gets thirsty and it goes inside and drinks water from its bowl but you have to tape your cell phone to the cat and then call your cell phone so that you can hear <laughs> the conversation through the cat <laughs> cell phone thing and it's like what, what in what wow. world does this make sense <laughs> uh, but yeah there's there's so many. I mean, there's. I can think give you at least five examples of 
puzzles where you have to stick things to animals, and it's just worrying. <laughs> someone call the someone call the ASP or the SPCA. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was actually uh, kind of afraid to mention the the classic Gabriel Knight three puzzles because when I did oh, yeah. when I did a short research on the, the you know the I'm making air quotes again the death of adventure games uh, for for a series of articles you know basically it gets blamed for a lot of yeah <laughs> classic adventure games since and it's yeah. i mean it, it, we i think we can all agree it is a bad puzzle of bad puzzle of course but i think that there's many like it i mean <laughs> it's not really oh, the, sure, the worst sure. that i can think of i mean it, it became yeah. like the scapegoat for all the bad puzzles design in adventure games but i mean it was just Basically, part for the course, I think. It, it, maybe it's because it came very late in the discussion. I mean, like 1999, I think it was. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. I was also mentioning this to Jesse. I think the one puzzle in the longest journey that made me so angry, uh, of course, was the inflated rubber duck. That right. To play right. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, maybe not as terrible as the cat hair puzzle, the cat mustache, but. but up there, you know, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. But, but, here's a question. What do both of those puzzles have in common? Ooh. Uh, They're mm. both puzzles where you have to take a bunch of random inventory items and combine them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was an easy answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cat hair mustache puzzle a little less... Well, kind of though, because you have to make you have to get the cat hair, but then you have to make the mustache by like putting maple syrup on it to make it sticky, and then you also have to like do the whole like you know mark magic marker on the passport thing. But you still have to combine a bunch of inventory items to make a new crude tool thing, which is what you have to do in the longest journey one. So see, that's 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 exactly what I mean. Like that's we agree; those are both crappy puzzles. And those are both crappy puzzles because you have to make these absurd things out of a bunch of unrelated items. And yet, that's what people think of when they think of inventory puzzles, when there's so much more you can do with inventory. Yeah, do you think people just, like, who new developers of adventure games just emulate rather than trying to innovate? They just say, this is, oh, this crappy puzzle was the one I played. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to sound like I'm casting judgment, but from my own personal experience, like I didn't, I I didn't go to game design school. I just started making adventure games because I liked adventure games. And in my personal experience, when I started designing puzzles, just because I was like, oh, adventure games need puzzles. Well, I guess it should be like this. And yeah, I looked to those types of puzzles, thinking, okay, well, it makes total sense to like do a puzzle where I have to get this random thing and do this thing with it so yeah i think i think it's definitely an easy uh, i don't want see i don't want to make it sound like oh well you're lazy if you do this but it's definitely it's definitely an easy solution to say okay well let me emulate what came before because that's what's there instead of sitting down and thinking why should i do something different i mean admittedly it's hard to innovate in adventure games because the gameplay mechanics are they're pretty well established and there's not really much you can do to to change it 
without drastically changing it so much that people will say, well, it's not an adventure game anymore. There's definitely ways to to improve the user experience and, you know, the quality of life playing it. Like, you know, having hotspot indicators so you don't have pixel hunting anymore. Or, or The Longest Journey did something, actually, which I am using for Rosewater, too, um, which was when you select an inventory item and you hover it over the screen, it only highlights over things you can use it with. I, I think The Longest Journey does it over stuff that's like the correct solution. But I'm... I, yeah, so like in Rosewater, I have a, a setting for hotspots where inventory items will only highlight over hotspots where an inventory item can be used as a solution to a puzzle. And I did that so that I would minimize the amount of just randomly being able to click inventory items on everything and being told, oh no, that doesn't work. Because I realized that 95% of the time in adventure games, the main character is telling you, no, I can't do that. No, I, that, that doesn't work. No, I don't want to do that. No. And in games where like the main thing is exploring and trying things out, I feel like if you're being told no all the time, why are you playing a game where someone's just telling you no all the time? That's not fun. Yeah. Do, do you think this is kind of where some people who play it might think it's a dumbing down like as as we were talking about earlier some people see any kind of aid in a game as kind of oh this isn't yeah just because it's not ab- completely obtuse it, it is therefore not yeah. good i think there's always going to be pe- going to be people who who have those criticisms but i think that they're the vocal minority you know i like i said before i don't really play adventure games that much anymore and not because i think they're bad it's just I spend all day making them. I don't really want to play them. But I think the majority of people who play adventure games want to play them to enjoy the story and enjoy the world and enjoy the characters and not get angry and rage quit because they couldn't find something. I'm sure that there's people out there who enjoy the frustration associated with that sort of thing, but I think the the majority of players don't like that frustration and I... I don't think that designing for frustration is good. And again, like the dumbing down thing, I don't think it's so much dumbing down as just realizing that you have to you have to work with with the times changing. Like, you know, back in the day when you had these frustrating puzzles and you had to call the hint lines or whatever without the internet, there also weren't that many games coming out. Like, you know, Sierra was putting out LucasArts 2 or like putting out maybe one maybe two games a year so if you got an adventure game you could play it for a few months and not have anything else that was your only game so you had all the time in the world to just like figure stuff out or call the hint line or whatever now it's like not only do you have the internet to go and look up a walkthrough but you also like have 80 new adventure games coming out every day so if you if you quit because you can't figure something out, what are the, what's the likelihood that that player is going to come back and finish the game ever? Yeah, this is um, an interesting point in that I, I think I mentioned it a couple of times in my podcast in that uh, the player today has a lot of choices. I mean, um, as you said, in the 80s and 90s and you know, even beyond that a bit, you bought a game 
you that was also kind of expensive and yeah you yeah. you were basically stuck with it i mean right. <laughs> sure there were yeah hint lines and yeah the late 90s also the internet but yeah that was it basically that was one two game per month maybe three if you were lucky but that was it but um, today even if you spend i don't know 30 dollars 30 euros a month which is you know a reasonable amount you get monthly services and free games and xbox pass and you know playstation plus whatever you get an unhealthy <laughs> an unhealthy amount of games to play each month and uh, you know not just venture games you know generally speaking but i mean where do you even find the time to look at each of them to give it you know enough time to see if it's your kind of game or not yeah because you, you get so much choices and as you said now it's become really a question of trying to get people interested trying to get uh, the word out there you know trying to have some kind of interesting new uh, thing to say or you know even joining a trend you know like cyberpunk mm -hmm. <laughs> right and but yeah it's it's become difficult because uh, yeah adventure games used to be a kind of a niche product even if it was you know by software houses that had some kind of very large budgets but you know it was still pretty niche and today it's you know it's still pretty niche but there's a lot of stuff to play even free games on uh, other websites on itch.io for example uh so yeah i mean it's really become difficult for a designer to have that you know that spark that something else which is something i think you did pretty well in your uh, in your releases in your titles to have that kind of something that intrigues the player and drags them in which it you know, you, you immediately look at the game and say, oh, that's Lamplight City or, you know. Oh, well, thank you. I try and my philosophy is always I want to make a game that interests me, obviously. But, you know, I also want to make a game that interests other people. And I, I try and think about, like, you know, what can set my game apart from everyone else and give people, like, a unique experience. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, I have just one last topic since um, we, we, we've made it pretty clear that you don't play ad adventure games <laughs> or point and clicks. So I was curious, um, what are your, um, your favorite games you know, lately? What are you playing? Oh man, I'm playing games that are way too out of date. Uh, so I, I've been playing a lot of XCOM 2. I have been making my way through Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, which I got like back in March, I think it was on sale, and I was like, "Oh, this is the this is the one like major entry in the Assassin's Creed series that I skipped. Let me try it." And I've just been like loading it up occasionally for a couple of hours and just running around Paris collecting treasure chests. <laughs> it's so boring, but it it just it's it eases my mind. Yeah, I, I mean, occasionally I'll play uh, other stuff. Um, my girlfriend really likes FMV games for some reason. I hate them. We played one recently that was something else. Uh, it was called Port La Interrogation Files Port Lensend. Um, it was basically like her story, except except not as good. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk bad about other games, and here I am. Wow. Bad about other games. <laughs> wow. I can't. I can't believe you just said the Crimson Diamond was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the Crimson Diamond looks great. I'm, I, it's okay. So the Crimson Diamond, I'm excited to play. That's like one adventure game I'm actually looking forward to playing. Okay, so the, um, I think that's it for me. If Jesse wants to add anything or ask anything, uh, no, I think that's it. I have a question for you. It's, oh, go ahead, a, of course. It's a very stupid question, but I, I, I would be disappointed in myself if I didn't ask it. Is your podcast called the Mega Drive Temple in Europe? Wow. <laughs> How long were you saving that question for? for? I've been thinking about it ever since I got the first email. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be because you're both in... You're, you're both in Europe and the UK, so I, I, I assume. Yeah, we're, we're both in Europe. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm also gonna bother um, replying. Uh, <laughs> and no, because you, you know the idea for the Genesis Temple uh, dates back from 1996, I think. Okay. So it's kind of old. And back then, I was 12 years old, and I found that Genesis was such a cool name for our console. Uh, mm. I kind of changed my mind since then, but okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I thought, yeah, as you said, you know, the Mega Drive Temple is not going to sound as good. So I think <laughs> we're just going to go with the Genesis Temple, you know, because back then websites had to have all these kind of cool names and yeah, sure, kind sure. of religious atmosphere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that was the idea. But, yeah, it's not a bad idea um, to make a kind of European version on the, it's called the, the Mega Drive Temple. We just talk about Euros and Brexit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all right. I think we've come to the end of our podcast. I would like to thank Francisco for his time. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for, for your time. Thank you. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Clinton Gregg. Or Greg and Clint, whichever way you want to say it. In another commute, yes, I know, that's three in the last week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, we're on a roll. So, rolling around in the air-conditioned truck. Well, hey, it has air conditioning, so you may or may not hear it, but didn't hear it the last time. Oh, I heard it just a little bit, but not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, either way, we're not in a studio, so uh, 
Yeah, all those sound effects you have, you'll hear are, are natural. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> We're making those. We're, we've yep. got authentic backdrops. Yeah, that's it. So we figured we could talk about some terrain this time. Yeah, since there's a lot of terrain around as we're driving. Well, in any type of tabletop gaming, terrain always makes the board or the table. Yep. Um, yeah, a bit more fun or more gamey. Well, I don't know if gamey is right. Gamey. I don't know about, yeah. Yeah, it depends. I don't know if we want to make it more gamey. Yeah, but it depends. <laughs> that, uh, that just doesn't sound as, well, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I mean, it depends if you're playing the game for a few days and you're not yeah, 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 waking up yeah. in the shower. It might be gaming. Yeah, it might be gaming, but then that's almost like a comic convention at that point. Oh, well, those are kind of fun, though, sometimes. Too. We'll right. do a show on that, too. I rag on the comic conventions, but I like comic conventions. So <laughs> really, you know. I have no room to talk. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we thought we'd just kind of do some, a casual chat on terrain. Um, I mean, everybody who games video or otherwise understands terrain. You, you got to have terrain in your game. I don't know of any game that doesn't have terrain. You know, even space games technically kind of has terrain. You've got planets, you got space stations, you got asteroid well, fields, you got other ships. And if you're inside the ships, then you have hallways, hallways and Yeah, I mean, that's technically terrain. Well, think about right. it. So you guys all know we do kill teams. There's terrain oh, there. There's terrain, yeah. Uh, we do Team Yankees, Team Yankee. Plays of War, you know, so there's lots of terrain there. Warhammer. Yeah, War, uh, worlds like Warhammer, you have all sorts of terrain. And yeah. the World War II or historical ones, there's a lot of terrain. On there's those a lot of terrain, yeah. And, and it can be simplistic terrain or more detailed terrain. Um, so let's let's keep a, I guess kind of an, I got kind of got an outline how I wanted to do this. Okay, let's do so, your outline. One of the things I wanted to focus was just the other terrain types, and so um, start with simple two-dimensional terrain. I mean, simple two-dimensional terrain. So most games, as you know, box sets, whatever, usually come with two-dimensional terrain. Tanks came with two-dimensional terrain. World of Tanks yep. came with two-dimensional terrain. Printed cardboard stock uh, terrain. You know, really nice cardboard stock terrain, but stuff like uh, Cyberpunk came with two-dimensional terrain. The Cyberpunk, uh, our Cyberpunk Red came with two-dimensional terrain. Oh, it did? Terrain. Oh, the maps, wow. the, you know, the, your flat maps, you're right. Uh, obviously, our Victory at Sea came with two-dimensional water terrain because it's just a flat map. Um, you, you get your simple grass mats, your simple sand mats, your simple whatever. Two-dimensional terrain is a very easy terrain. Uh, Dust Tactics came with two-dimensional terrain. It, I, just like, uh, what's it? Not X-Wing. Well, X-Wing kind of did. I mean, came with asteroids and everything. But, asteroids and um, The and Star Wars miniature game that came out before had a lot of little bits of terrain. D&D uh, has tons of two-dimensional terrain. I mean, you buy box after box after box of just two-dimensional terrain. Caves, cities, fields, forests, you know, oceans. I mean, there's so much two-dimensional terrain for D&D. You, you know, and you can even take... There, there are some kits of two-dimensional terrain terrain that have clips to hook them together to make them a faux what I I always call a faux three-dimensional terrain so it's still it is three-dimensional in the sense of it's a giant box it's a giant cube a square whatever um, uh, drop zone commander had a lot of really cool 
Oh, they had milk some carton meat. buildings, is what I call them. So yeah. they, they look like you know they were about milk carton size that you could fold into buildings, and it, it's awesome terrain. It is faux terrain. It's not true three dimensional terrain. Nothing wrong with it. Just it, it has it. Two dimensional terrain is great for games when you learn to play. Uh, going back to like Dust Tactics or even Star Wars miniatures where you had the maps with the walls marked out and you're, you moved your miniatures on each individual square. D&D is kind of that way too. And you know, certain squares had solid lines that were walls you couldn't pass. This had this, this had, you know, or this was maybe your elevation. Battletech uses hexes. So that's their terrain, even though it's flat and it indicates this or that for, you know, elevation changes, deep water, all that. So you've got that in a two-dimensional format. Um, there are some nice-looking two-dimensional terrain. So, yeah. Two-dimensional terrain is easy. Now, anything can be two-dimensional terrain. A piece of green felt can be a forest. A piece of brown felt can be, you know, a desert hill. Yeah. Uh, what you know, however you want to do it, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, for instance, I'll interject on that real quick. We used to take the blue felt squares you could get for a dollar from oh, the yeah. fabric bag yep. from the shops, and we just would, you know, wiggly cut with scissors. Yep. Or Kirby cut whatever you want to do it. We would make our own rivers for there's the tanks to cross. Water, yeah, yep, exactly. Water. It's cheap terrain, and it works great for the game. You get to us, we demand a little more. We're a little spoiled. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest here. We demand more. We're, we're a little spoiled, and with our terrain, if I'm going to have three dimensional tanks that I spent time building and painting, and and even sometimes customizing, I want a three-dimensional building to hide the tank behind. Yeah. I don't want to put it on top of a piece of flat cardboard and say, okay, it's hiding behind this building. You can't see it. That is a drawback. You know, it, yeah. it, it takes something away. If you're if you're playing with a two-dimensional cardboard standee on a square map with two-dimensional terrain, that makes sense. I, I'm, you know, the two-dimensional standee is now there as a representation of a figure, so you kind of know where it is in position to things. Three-dimensional three dimensional oh my god I can't talk today three dimensional figures three dimensional tanks three dimensional whatever I want three dimensional terrain yeah I don't blame you on that I, I, I prefer the stand up buildings and just all the terrain that stands out on the maps as opposed to the flat ones but flat ones are cool when you get it for the box if you just yeah. get a box set it gives you something to game with but yeah it does. we've kind of moved past that a bit. yeah and it is easier to transport two dimensional terrain but so Pros and cons with three-dimensional terrain is cost. That's going to be more expensive. There, there's, you know, it's there's more to it. There's material cost. There's sometimes building, painting, you know, or you get pre-done, but then you pay for pre-done. You know, your your uh, battlefront three-dimensional terrain is awesome. It's all ready to go. It's painted. Everything's set, but you pay for that piece of terrain. You know, it's not. A five dollar piece of terrain, <laughs> you know, it's just not. There's a lot of sources where you can get unpainted or you know, needing to be assembled three dimensional terrain, ter terrain, and even some of the two dimensional terrain made into three dimensional, if done right, can look really good. Laser cut terrain, for example, you know, MDF that's laser cut, but it has some depth, so you've got archways for the doorways, and you've got you know, roof extensions yeah. that go over the door and cover the windows and okay, so 
you know, technically it's two-dimensional, it's been turned three-dimensional, and it, it's still sort of a box, but not necessarily because there's a lot of ways you can change a laser-cut piece of terrain to not be two-dimensional. So, just, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, with me doing the 3D printing, uh, getting more and more into it, learning more and more about it, you can bring that 2D to life now. Yeah, and it gives us a ton of options at a more reasonable price. And it's not going to be yeah. free. you got to buy the machine. you learn to use the machine. you got to buy materials for the machine. you got to maintain the machine, clean the machine, prep the machine. But what you get out of it is you can, you know, I just did that little, little a medieval house that I'm going to turn into a roadside church for Team Yankee. So I'm going to modernize it a little bit. Is it gives you some versatility. My print cost on it was a dollar something, so it's not expensive. No, see, once you get it up and going, yeah, you can print your train pretty cheap. Yeah, I can knock a bunch more of these out within a few hours, you know, half a day at least. If I do two of them, it'll probably be six or seven hours. But still, I can knock it out. Now we've got two more buildings, you know, good to go for Team Yankee or whatever. Um, if you start designing your own train, then you've got that option of selling it. You know, offering it to people for sale either as the 3D print files or just the finished product. And then you could still get it at a reasonable price, just depending. Um, technology on that front has really developed too. Obviously, you know, before we just had the PLASLA school fed 3D printers, now you've got resin. Yeah. UV curing resin like what I have that is about half the time two or three times the quality because it really doesn't look 3D printed. Well and then there's a little bit more pride too because you made it yep. and you printed it out and you took the time to get it to where you want. And if and you're uh, the one designing it that's even cooler. So Yes. And it, it, once you get to the point where you can design your own train it's it, it's a real good deal. And it does, I mean, I'd say Games Workshop training is expensive. Super expensive. Super cool, but super expensive. Yeah, it is. It's just it's not, good. it's not something you can invest a ton in unless you have a ton of money. I look at those people online with these just hugely elaborate tables. 40K tables. And, like, there is probably $1,200 just in terrain on that table. So it's like, I can't. I, well, I can't afford to do it, and I can't justify the cost. And you got to remember, some people, so, it, you can afford it if you can. More power to you. It yeah. is not a, uh, it's, that's a good thing, if you can. If you can't, like me and Clint, we really, we're like everybody else. You know, I mean, hey, we live week to week, and we're not able to go dump four or $500 on terrain all the time. And so, but once yep. you invest in a printer like you did, Clint, yep. then... Your terrain becomes cheaper, so if you buy a file for, say, four or five bucks, and you print something out for a dollar, yeah. now, now instead of spending thirty bucks, you got a piece of terrain for five bucks. Yeah, exactly. So you are big time saving money, and it's something you did that just makes the game more fun because you created it, you put it out there, you know, and uh, yeah. And even I mean, you just say printing parts, so the old GW pipe sets. You know, their oh, little, yeah, their little yeah. conduit pipe sets are awesome, but you get two angle pieces in that entire set, two. Well, you get a lot of straight pipe, you got a lot of other pipe, but you have two angle pieces. 
being able to print an angle piece is just brilliant just because you can you know it, it now can give you more options you can stack pipes on top of each other you can set things it's not just a bunch of pipes in a row with a few you know components here or there you know it's just there's just so much more you can do well, that's that is true. Yeah, because especially with the conduits, you can run them all around that you oh, want yeah. on the board that way. You know, I've got a bunch of those old colonies. Those are old colony sets that I've been adding the conduit stuff to, to give it a little more realism. You know. Yeah. You know, you've got all these ruined like settlement buildings, but there's obviously big pipes and other components and uh, chimney stacks and stuff like that to to make all of that work. And like some of the walls with broken buildings now have pipes going to them and a control component inside them, even though half the wall or most of the building's gone, you know, you at least, uh, you kind of got a feel for what the building used to be. Even, you know, it's just not just two broken pieces of wall with some little control boxes, you know, cast on it. Now you got this pipe with a fan inside it. Now you've got this control box that, you know, it has little removable power cell and outside of it is an antenna that or a chimney that goes all the way up you know about two stories up to nothing and the top of that's broken off you know it's just there's a little more history it, it makes it feel real even though it's not real yeah um, it adds to it in depth even yeah. just two stories with a bit of floor and an odd window or um, a three-story building but only the top two wall corners of the three story is still there it looks like it was something. It gives you a small glimpse or definition of what the building's purpose was. An administration building, a factory, whatever. I know I'm kind of really sticking with 40K, but the same would apply to like King Yankee, for example. I mean, you've got old buildings. And when I say old buildings, I mean like your medieval buildings, your, uh, your old cobblestone huts with thatched roofs. You've got your... Uh, old dilapidated farms. Uh, you've got your uh, bombed out factories, your, your old World War II buildings. Well, King Yankee being, takes place in like the 80s, 90s, you know. Those old buildings were rebuilt after the war, for example. I know I'm kind of now focusing World War II and Cold War era, because that's what those two games encompass. Um, people rebuilt those buildings. That's what happened in real life. It's not a, uh, you know, just this was this, or sometimes they just got left to be, you know, left to just rot and fall down. You might have a couple walls and a chimney. Um, but people in real life rebuilt those buildings. So that little, the little uh, farmhouse or the little cottage that I'm working on that's actually 15 millimeter scale, but it's four flames of war is what it's originally designed. So thatched roof, all that, that good stuff there. Uh, by the time I put a modern roof on it, add maybe a little steeple, now this little cobblestone home is now a small church. You know? Yep, now you so, made it. And now it's brought into a more modern decade, and we can use it for Team Yankee. Now we can't really use it for Flames of War with the roof on it, but you know what, you can still technically use it for Flames of War. No one's really going to question the roof, but it's a possibility. Uh, it's just kind of, kind of neat that these these doors are opening that I didn't notice or, you know, ever utilized before. You know what I mean? It's, I don't want to say dual-use terrain, but it is. 
Yeah, actually, you, you know, could use I it mean, one way or the other. So, really, the big thing you got to factor in is scale. Most of your minute, your historical stuff is going to be six millimeter, ten millimeter, fifteen millimeter. Your bigger now there is some twenty-eight millimeter historical, like bold action and, and a few other things like that. Um, but a lot of the twenty-eight millimeter stuff is going to be your sci-fi fantasy, your your sci-fi. You know, your, your futuristics. Um, there's a lot of games, like, obviously, 40K, Kill Team, all that stuff. But the interesting thing with the 3D printer is, at least with mine, I can scale that up or down. I can take a 28-millimeter building and reduce it to 15-millimeter. Oh, well, that's can, even better. As long as my print bed will accept it, I can take a 15-millimeter building and scale it up to 28-millimeter. It, it, you know, and sometimes you might have to break that into a couple pieces. So it might require two wall sections, for example, that have to be printed separately and then glued together. But now you've got the larger or smaller terrain. Obviously, downsizing is going to be easier. No doubt about it. Plus, it lets you tweak things. Okay, that is a Bennett. Where's Bennett going? We're not sure where we're at. Yeah, well, I, I kind of know where we're at, but... <laughs> Kind of somewhat. Well, that's okay. There's I don't feel so bad driving into the snooty golf club in a, you know, $50,000 truck. At least I feel I kind of belong. Feel like you belong? <laughs> I like that this house has no golf carts on their lawn signs. That's kind of funny. That is funny. Okay, that's one of the reasons why I would never live near a golf course. That and the but, golf balls in your glass windows. Oh, God, there. yes. No, I'll pass on that. Um trains that people don't think about a lot are simple trains like bridges. Bridges uh, have depth bridges. and fun to game. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's so much their bridge can give you. Um, uh, water towers, lookout towers, power conduit units, um, you know, like uh, power substations. You know, when you start looking at even 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you had a lot of, and I'm kind of ro ro roping back to Team Yankee here, you had a lot of what we currently have nowadays, just not in the new, shiny format that we currently have as yeah. an example. But you still have them. Uh, it's the same as vehicles. Good, good example of vehicles. You see people driving around in 30s vehicles. N newer looking, restored, or junky. It doesn't matter. And it, that's true for the United States, that's true for Europe, that's true for France. You know, there are a lot of old cars, even in France and Germany, especially in Germany. Um, they really do restore a lot of their old stuff. But you get a lot of engineers in Germany, it makes sense. People would want to do that. Uh, they fit, though. In a modern setting, I guess you could say, like, again, Team Yankee, 80s, 90s, there's no reason someone can't be driving a 41 pickup truck or you've got an old delivery truck parked next to a farmhouse that's slightly overgrown with weeds yeah, you know there's no reason cool. it can't be there it fits it's taking a fantasy setting like D&D &D and dropping a 58 Chrysler into it eh, that doesn't quite work as well funny but not quite yeah you'd have to do a little bit of something different to, to stress that, reality yeah. a little bit on that one but it still works. It's just, yeah. Yeah, you gotta get creative. That, there, no doubt about that. Well, 
the thing with terrain is there's almost no end to it because trees are terrain, mountains, yep. Yep. hills, uh, whatever boulders. you want to add, boulders, you know, uh, ponds, water, yep. all sorts of stuff can be terrain, but it's a, it always, like I said before, it always adds depth to the game for me. It's just a Especially the water. Fun. Yeah. Depth. <laughs> I get that. Son, Clint just made a punny. That's yeah, funny. That was yeah, that's right. Water does have depth to it. It so. does. And when you get a really cool water terrain, or or if we're talking about war stuff, trench systems from World War One. Yes, those would be fun to run. Or fun to make. Is trench so, systems. The neat thing with some of that terrain, which I've seen people do, and I'd love to do it myself, is you have a raised gaming bed. So instead of your, here's your ground, it's flat, it's the bottom, you actually have a lower level that the trench system sits in, and ground is four, six inches up off the table. You're a new mom, and there are a lot of things to learn. Breastfeeding your baby is one of the most important health decisions you'll make for your child. The Georgia Department of Public Health's WIC program encourages families to learn together and grow together to support breastfeeding moms and provide babies with a healthy start. For more information about WIC breastfeeding support for you and your baby, visit dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. That's dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. And so you're playing in a, definitely a more three-dimensional era there because you've got the start of your trench, the end of your trench, the way through. You could do, and I have seen... Uh, bold action games in trench warfare where there was this really cool I want to say it was like 4 foot by 4 foot trench system and there were no vehicles everybody was just moving you know US forces versus German forces moving through the trenches and the whole game was played in this trench system you could go up over the trenches to another I I didn't watch the entire video but it was neat and you know this is we're talking trenches so they took like popsicle sticks and other bits of balsa wood and made the trenches in the foam and they just glued them in and then painted it and added you know your barrels and your car your ammo crates and your ladders and your barbed wire and then really there was no grass i mean it was all mud at that point so you just slop a bunch of mud in between the pieces maybe some vehicle tracks broken down artillery a few bodies possibly you know however you want to do it but there's your terrain you know yeah it's just really cool. And, you know, that's a lot of fun. It's kind of the same said for, like, spaceship corridors or even caverns for fantasy settings. Where you've got just a big map on there that is all just these tunnels and caverns. And you might have multiple levers and levels and multiple levers. Yeah. Levels. Well, you might have those in the dungeon. You probably do have those in the dungeon. Maybe some of the sci-fi stuff, too. It's quite possible. It, it would make sense. But... Uh, it still adds a really cool level of realism. And if you can have a two-story miniature, if you can have an underpart that you could get the miniatures in and out of, yeah, that's really cool. You know, I, I always thought with the Fallout Wasteland Warfare, it'd be fun to do a vault for vault, a vault tech vault that you could work oh, your way through, you and you would have different levels. And that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be neat. And it might take you a few 
little bit to print that, but you probably like, could do well, a small vault, like part of one that's well, open, like it's cut open. And seeing Modifius provides vault files that oh, you can okay. 3D print. Oh. Yeah, I need well, to there check you out go. Site I mean, again. because yeah. if you're buying it for you, then that's yeah. all good. Yeah, why not? I don't. I have a conundrum with 3D printing terrain and selling it. Is I don't want to. I'm not going to sell somebody's design. You know, if somebody spent the time to design this, I'm not going to sell it to make a, jump, a profit off of it. However, I'm on the fence with. I should still be able to sell it for the material cost I made to print it. The time I made to print it and the cost to ship it. Yes. Now I don't want to pass this off as my own, and I know I'm not going to be doing a lot of big sales. But when I start designing my own stuff, then I will definitely be selling and printing and everything. So there's that conundrum there. I need to look a little more into the legalities of that part of it. If I print off a set of terrain for someone, can I charge them for, you know, the resin, the time, the the shipping, for example, if there's shipping involved? That's my conundrum on that. You know, because it's not really my design, but especially if the design I purchased, you know, maybe I paid $5 for the file. So I can make as many copies as I want, but, you know, then it's a, you know, is it okay to sell? Is it blah, blah, blah? No, well, that's not good. That road's closed. Oh, yeah. I know where these roads go. But, well, this is what a truck's made for, too. Yeah. It's probably thinking, we're on a dirt road now, you guys, so. Yeah, we're on, uh, it's a, what, Class C gravel road? Forgot. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a dirt road, and it's a nice time of day. And you know what? Here's the other thing. These commutes bring up ideas for us, too, for terrain, because yeah. sometimes you're not thinking about things. You know everything, but you're driving down the middle of nowhere. You go, ooh, that'd be cool terrain. Or, yeah. You know that looks like it's cool. So um, we do actually learn a lot doing these yeah. little commutes. Yeah. True. We have fun. But yeah, terrain. I think you know. I mean, your imagination. You could pretty yeah. much do whatever, depending on your game. And if you're doing sci-fi games, well, then you can pretty much make whatever you want. You were talking about getting the program to create your own terrain. Yeah. Right? I, hanging from a control box 
or you know conduit pipes electrical pipes whatever yeah. uh, maybe a ladder that's been a makeshift ladder that's been left for getting up to the second floor or two-thirds of a stairwell and somebody just put a board across it to you know get to that little area you know any little things like that are totally acceptable and really add some realism to the miniature again that's going back to kind of giving you a history of the building bullet holes in doorways that are propped up I got one piece of uh, 40k terrain that I the two pieces were identical and I had painted them and they, they looked identical so I'm like well this is cool but I don't really I don't need two that look identical so I'm like how could I make this cooler so I drilled some holes in it chopped it out with a Zacco knife and then I really did a dark wash like bodies had been stacked against and executed Oh wow! So there's the staining from the black coming down over the paint, which is already faded and chipped from the sun and everything else. But it now it's two pieces of the, of the same terrain, but there's a little more realism to it. You know, you, you kind of wonder like, Ooh, what happened here? You know, it's just that simple, or you know, just claw marks on a you know piece of metal door or wall, or just you know, uh, even, I've even seen a little like pickaxe thing hanging out of a wall where something got embedded in the wall. But you that know. just adds to the game. Yeah, it, it, I it love adds, the yeah. realism. And really, games like Fallout Wasteland Warfare, that's advantageous because you can grab that pickaxe and use it as a weapon. Well, yeah, true. You so. can pick up items, yeah. That, well, that's some good ideas yeah. you got there, Quint. I mean, so... I don't know. We'll have to see what your imagination yeah, could do with your printer there and take it from there. We're going to kind of go one at a time and keep you know, keep an eye on the Facebook page. We're going to start definitely putting more of that up. And some of the terrain that I create and sell, or create and print, will sell. You know? Yeah. Well, you can do that, too. I mean, once you figure out how to do your own, then, you know, it's yours, so yeah. you're not interfering with anybody. And that's the other thing, you guys. You got to be careful. So if you buy a file, you got to make sure that uh, you know if if people are thinking to buy to resell, you better make sure that you have the rights to yeah. resell that file because most of them you're not. But you are still going to save money. I don't care, Keegan. He paid seven bucks for this dice tower. You guys have seen our dice tower we yeah. printed. Uh, mashed it through some touch-up paint. You know, all in all, um, I'd say save probably about. 20 bucks yeah. doing it himself 15 to 20 dollars yeah. because it did take a lot of material about 12 to 13 dollars worth of material and then he paid seven so he paid 20 but this yeah. is probably worth about 45 yeah 40 45 dollars sure you know so you're still going to make money on on saving on the big items too and yeah. of course if you can save money on your train then you can buy more miniatures and then more more train yeah. Or upgrade your train. Yeah. That's just, I don't know, I've got a ramble using that terrain. I, I like having terrain discussions because then it makes me think about, it gets me more to think about terrain and especially the stuff I'm working on because sadly I get started in this project and now like this little cottage, I don't have the roof pieces. I have to order them. So that'll be here in a couple days. So now I've got another terrain project going. I need to start focusing on that of, okay, well, I can do this on this day, I, I can do this on this day, but I don't want to get to where I'm forgetting, oh, well, I got this finally, I got the roof pieces in, now it's going to sit on my desk for a week because I'm doing this other terrain project, 
you know, and now it's like, oh, well, this is going to get in order. Now it's two weeks later, three weeks later. I'm like, oh, I didn't go to the roof on this, you know. That's because you keep getting interrupted, though, yeah, too, in all and fairness. That, that doesn't help, but... Well, I'm going to fire up the Stargate so we can just go different places. Yeah. And and uh, I found two AAA batteries. That should be enough to power it. Sure. And uh, we'll take a little charger. And we'll just go somewhere. So we're left alone and we can, you know, work on our terrain. Keep Sounds such a place exists. I, I don't know. I hope so. In my imagination, it does. Well, yeah. A lot of things exist in our imagination. Good and bad. But yeah. <laughs> that's a different show. But, yeah, that, that's, that's probably not a... a web friendly <laughs> show there for that one um anyway moving on Greg and Quinn's <laughs> first <laughs> off scale wait off scale off never mind scale. yeah we got off yeah. scale on that one there so you know something all right but ay, 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 I yeah. don't know um I want to do more on 3d printing stuff so I want to have more podcasts I want to do more videos we're going to do a really cool video on some of the RC stuff as well and it's not just um how to upgrade your RC or anything. I'm not really going to go into these great build RC stuff. Yeah, there's but people that do that already. But There's a lot. And I, I might have a separate offshoot for some of that stuff of what I do. But I wanted to tie in the 3D printing and, and you know the 3D printed uh, upgrade parts for my one RC that I made. I want to do some casting with that into aluminum. So I'm going to do a video on that. I think we'll do a really cool little video all together on that guy. Then I can post on the RC page. I can throw it on the gaming page. Because honestly, if you have a 3D printer, you're not stuck doing one thing. You know, you can print so many different things having a 3D printer. And there are other things you can do, like what I'm going to do with the RC upgrades, to make things stronger and better. So... Well, not only can you do terrain, you can modify other things that you're working with, yeah. like you're saying. And So, terrain-wise, yeah, we covered quite a bit there. I think you yeah. had a lot to say, which is good, because terrain, again, is an integral piece of gaming, I think. And some of the, and it allows you to, the printer will allow you to do different time frames of yeah. terrain. <clears throat> because as we... I'm heading a little bit. I'm going to try a little bit of the historical gaming. I mentioned that the last podcast. So um, we'll see about that too. But the options to make your game change every time, especially yeah. if you've got different terrain, it's not the same thing every single time because then it's like anything else, it becomes boring. So yep. if you can mix up your terrain, that's good. Yep. Um, and we've, we've bought enough pre made, pre assembled terrain that now. Making our own is kind of like us yeah, we leveling need, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's actually good. I like that. And I, I think we need to really start doing our own stuff and getting our stuff out there. I, yeah. I think we're at that point now where it's time to start focusing on it. It's time to start investing a little money into it and see if we can get some return on it. I mean, I don't expect us to make us millionaires, but if you know, you and I, become that becomes our job where we're just making and designing terrain and doing all that, oh, that would just so, that would be so terrible. Yeah, it would be. You know, I just, oh, we'd have to go to the conventions to show our stuff and talk to the fans and... And we're going to conventions um, anyways. Now we could have stuff, yeah. Yeah, you know. And, and we want to thank you too because we do get a lot of feedback, probably more than you think we do, and uh, yeah. we appreciate the comments and things like sharing our videos or like this podcast will be on YouTube share it. If you think somebody's interested, they want to sit yep. and paint and listen, 
that's cool too. So yeah, yeah, really. I mean, if you guys want to just listen to us ramble while we drive, well, I drive yeah. and Greg rides, but still, um, that's awesome. You know, I like having background noise that maybe isn't. I don't want to say mindless, but it just kind of can go, and your brain will pick it up. Your brain's an interesting thing. It it'll it'll grab those, and you might be in the middle of painting something, doing detail. You're like, wait a minute, what? And then you got to back that up and see. I gotta use my brain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's really bad if you don't. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It leaves and then Who you're are just, you just you know, oh, yeah. SOL. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's bad. Yeah. Well, it it is. Uh, we don't script our stuff. Like oh, we'll God. just sit here and talk about. What do you want to do a podcast on? Yep. Here's um, our here's our subject. And here's our we subject are getting much just, better at staying on topic. Yeah, there's I've, a couple times you tried to divert it, but we, I, I like, know I go kart bumped you, Mario karted you yeah, over. Yeah, I threw a turtle shell, smack. Yeah, it's just there's a lot I want to talk about, and that does make it difficult well, to stay focused on one subject. That'll give us time though to do other yeah, podcasts. Yeah, sure. And when we do the live ones, you guys can call in. When we do them on the Podbean app, you yep. can call in. Um, the other apps you can obviously listen to, and we're everywhere. So yeah. You can find us pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of neat that we got picked up. So, yeah, no, that is really uh, cool. Some of the companies are starting to, you know, like our stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. Now, we're not making money yet. Haven't made one cent yet. But we are, we are having fun. And that's going to be the goal of this whole thing. We already work. We already told you guys we got jobs, you know. So this is fun. If it goes somewhere, fantastic if not we're still gonna do it yeah you guys are still welcome to be here and and, uh i i think at this point well one can always backslide by not doing anything i think at this point greg we have invested enough we've committed time enough and we can always do more you can always do more you can always improve you can always learn you can always do more but we are starting to invest enough that we're 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 maintaining and growing yeah, and it's a steady growth. You, you guys, know. if you if you're hearing this or not in our Facebook group, feel free to join. We we just had the other day like 13 people yeah. join, and every week we have people. It could be oddball numbers joining, but yeah. just steady growth. And there's a, a whole diversity of gamers. You guys, it's not. We're in other groups too, you know, but uh, but we got a pretty good diversity. So it's a little different where we're at. You'll see us. We like the miniature stuff too, but more is coming on the video. And like today, I know Ashley was uh, live streaming Sea of Thieves. Nice. So, yep. Sea of Thieves is a real fun game. If you like any kind of RPG classic type piratey games, then Sea of Thieves is a fun one to get on a game with a couple of your friends. You all got to control the boat. So, and you can shoot your friend out of the cannon. You can always try that. But, that's handy. It's handy. It launches them from the boat onto the shore. <laughs> but uh, that sometimes it's just fun to do. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it's just something. It's just something to do. It, it, it's like those certain games where, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it, but boy, it's kind of fun to. You're just gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's that. Well, that I know the vehicle's going to go, go explodey at the bottom of the cliff, and I'm gonna see how far out I can go before it hits the bottom of the cliff. And we're counting you know. one, two. Look how many times it tumbles. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, terrain. Oh, back to terrain. Yeah. Yeah. We almost lost it there. But see. Well, no. I mean, not we're, really. we're kind of. Yeah. 
But Quint's going to put some more pictures up. Our Discord, yeah. you guys, you can join our Discord. Yeah, that's... I'll re-put the link up because it sometimes it expires, but I set it so it wouldn't. But I found, I'm thinking it does. Yeah, Anyways. We're, we're starting to get activity on Discord more and more. Yeah. Um, especially on the Team Yankee side and There's of all sorts of little areas. So you can talk about video games, yeah. tabletop games, 3D printing, whatever. Whatever's related to gaming in general. Yeah, so... It's open to all sorts of gaming and hobby stuff, so yeah. head on in yep. if you'd like. And I don't know, Clint. We do have a show on Sundays at 4 p.m. Yep. Central. Gamer Hangout Live. Um, so now that it's five o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. But so Ashley's doing that today, you guys. Yep. Um, for us, because yep. we were out of town anyways. Look yep. at that. There yep. is a vulture. Yep. Um, sorry, is it vultures or? Huge. We need uh, you know, turkey vulture. Turkey vulture. Is, yeah, it's a big bird. Yeah, bird. Anyway, not giant and yellow. The, <laughs> the, the kid show was wrong. Could you imagine that big bird running down the street? I'd have to stop him for an autograph. That's that dude right now being you know eighty some degrees. That guy would be hot. That'd be he like, dude, out. you need a water. <laughs> First of all, to be able to run in that big bird costume, just just to run in general. That would be hysterical. Half the time they're struggling just to walk. Yeah, I don't know about running, and that looked top heavy. But anyways, yeah, we'll I wrap mean, we this one up. At yeah. the end, but that's fair. It's the end. It's fair. Well, so you guys are free to yeah. join us wherever you'd like, and on other social media platforms. So just say hi. You got Give suggestions, us suggestions for terrain files that I should check out. See yeah. what we could utilize or what you think. You know, send it our way. Use the Discord. Send us a message in Facebook. Whatever. Say hey. These are, this is a cool place to find this terrain. You know, let us know so we can check it out. I'm open to that right now. I'm doing a lot of research on what we can find and what we can use. Yeah, and it's just going to grow. So you'll see it in our games and you'll see it, you know, on the yeah. pictures on Facebook. Clint's going to be uploading more to the groups. And uh, if you can do those little short videos, some of them, you yeah. know, I'll post them for you. Yeah, we're going to work on some of that too. I'm going to do yeah. another rotating spinning vehicle that once it's all assembled and then of course once it's all painted and I like that little display thing I got for other than it rotates a little faster than I wanted to the one um, I got lucky when I picked yeah. mine up it has three or four speeds yep. and you can slow it yours, down and it makes it nice yours is really cool I should look at something like that just because mine is just a little too fast which mine is for model cars so that kind of makes sense and I don't really like the mirror deck on mine I might peel that off yeah, if you get one that turns a tad slower, then yeah. the miniatures will show up better. But yeah. on, on models, cars, you're going to be just fine because it's big enough. It's big know? enough, yeah. So but, we'll just definitely have to... Oh, your buddy's out. Oh, the squirrel. Yep, yep, there he is. He's looking for his food. So we will catch up with you guys yeah. later. I'm going to go toss some yep. food out for the squirrel. And then jump in. I'll, I'll, I'll kick the podcast on. On my phone while I drive back. And All right, well, I'll catch oh. up with you in a few minutes. Right. Then. Sounds good. All right, bye. bye. Welcome back. Brenda, you've won big on the Cash Family of Scratchers. Now, on that Cash Scratcher is a bonus box that could double your cash. So scratch that or choose the donkey box behind curtain number one. Okay, and if I pick the donkey box? You win a donkey. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Not really. Scratch the bonus box. This game is so tricky. The bonus box could double your winnings, and you could win up to $2 million. So play the Cash Family of Scratchers from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly.
If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.